We are holding over here, everyone. We're continuing actually a mimer that we started last week, which is in Pashas Vayechi. And it's the in the Hysophis, it's in the editions of Torah Or. I'm excited that we're holding already in the editions of Torah Or. Not only in the editions of Torah Or, but in the explanation of the editions of Torah Or. That means that we learned all the Maimarim in Torah Or. And we learned even the editions. And now all we have are the explanations on the editions. It's for sure time for Mashiach to come if we're holding already so far. Okay. Um, the name that I titled tonight's class, really it's always a mimer, but people like a title. So I usually don't have a chance to title, but today I did title. We titled it, Repiping the Cosmos. That's pretty, pretty good name, no? Now let's see, if the, let's see if the class matches. You know when the plumber comes and he does a repiping? That's right, they have to repipe. So we are talking about repiping the cosmos. But the difference is just a little difference. In repiping, you're having the same channel of water going through the same place. It's just putting new pipes. Here we're talking really about rechanneling. Rechanneling. Because we have exile and we have redemption. We have Golos and we have Giyula. And um, we're waiting for the redemption now. What we're learning now is what we call Halacha Lamaisa. This is, we want to know how to behave, to change. Change what? To change everything. We control the world. We, the Jewish people, control the world. Don't say this online, but it's the truth. Everybody knows that. But spiritually, spiritually we control the world in the sense that the energy flow of creation is dependent on us. During the times of exile, which we've been already for the last 2,000 years, um, so obviously we're controlling the world, but we're controlling something not too well, right? So what does that mean? It means that we're, that the life flow of God's energy is flowing through the back channels and not through the front channels. And that's what exile is. Exile is when there is an intense flow flowing down to the back channels and not to the front channels. The back channels are the bad guys. And when they have the energy, they use all that flow it starts in the spiritual world, but it translates all the way down into the physical world. And a lot of bad guys have a lot of power. And you end up with a world that, that is corrupted. And you have the forces of darkness that, can, that operate in the world. And Kedusha, and that which is holy, and that which is good, and that which is... That which is... Um, sacred and, and, and um, special is very weak and oppressed. And that's the Golos. And the, the redemption comes when God starts to focus where he's sending his energy. It's almost like that during the exile, Hashem is not focused. He's, like he's, allowing, he's allowing his energy to flow and it's being misdirected. So what we need to do is create a focusing. So in, beginning, in the beginning of the creation, um, the first time God's energy was misused and misdirected and, misfo- and, and, and not focused, unfocused, was in Egypt. That's why ancient, ancient Egypt was so powerful, it was so strong, they were, 
And that was because they were also receiving the flow of energy from God, but the energy was going to the back. That's why Paro, the word Paro, the king of Egypt, if you take the word Paro and you rearrange the letters, you get the word Ha'oref, the neck. Because Paro is a spiritual parasite that is plugged into God's neck back here. And he's channeling energy flow from his neck, from Hashem's neck. The neck means the back of God's desire. It's like in a human being, we say when a person wants something, when there's something very dear to a person, anything that you really care about, you really love, so you want to come face to face with that. You want to, you want to be close to it face to face. Something that you don't like, but you have to do. Let's say you get a parking ticket. That's the most annoying thing. And, and you try to push it off, but if you push it off too long, it's just going to double. So you're like, you go to your, you're going to pay it. So you pay it, but you pay it like over your shoulder. You're not, you're not interested. Like, you're like, you just you get it done without, there's no panemius in, in that action. There's no I- internal. So anything that God gives to without any inner desire is called coming from God's back. Even though he doesn't have a front and a back in the physical sense. But the back means no life. There isn't a lot of energy in it. And the front means where he really desires. But here's the interesting thing. So in the beginning of creation, Hashem didn't have any deep desire. He hasn't yet established an internalized relationship and appreciation and a pleasure in this project called creation. There was nothing here that was pleasuring him, nothing really to capture God's inner desire. So God created the world, and he kind of wants a creation, but it isn't focused within that greater creation that he created. What does he really want? What's his inner, inner pleasure and inner desire? So that means the energy of his will was flowing freely. Now being that we're talking about God's will, so it's an infinite desire and an infinite energy, and when that infinite energy goes unfocused, even if we say he, he doesn't like the klipa, Hashem doesn't like the corruption, God despises evil. But because he's not so involved in the project, because he's not so um, into it, so... He's a little, it's almost like I said on Monday night, he's, it's almost like God is spaced out a little. You know, he's, he's, he's withdrawn because there's nothing here to get him excited in the first place. So he's in a more withdrawn state. So who cares if the energy goes there or goes there? He's not really that, he's not so discriminate. He's not discriminating. Where, what, where, because he's not, he's not involved. He's not engaged. I think the most important word is engaged. Hashem is not engaged, involved, because there's no one engaging him. Okay? And that's why the energy flows to the back. And where does it go? It goes down to Paro. Paro was on the back, on the, on the, on the, on the hind side. And Egypt, and Egypt takes all that energy. They don't care about God. They don't care about the purpose. They're full of their own egos. And what do they do? They do all kinds of atrocities. They do all kinds of terrible things. And they live that way for, for hundreds of years, unpunished. And, uh, and that's where they were. Okay. And the Jewish people, who are the descendants of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and they are the seeds of purposeful life, of meaningful existence, 
of the spreading of righteousness and goodness and morality in the world are being trampled on, are being, are being abused, are being broken. And, and God still sustains the world. And, 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 and to, the, to an onlooker on the side, you say, God, what's with you? What kind of world did you make? Right? And it's all because the energy is flowing to the back, not to the front. Now, um, what, what's Geula? What's the redemption? The redemption means that God is getting involved. He's getting engaged. And when he's getting engaged, he says, hold it, hold it. This whole thing is not what I like. So then he pulls out from the back. So Mitzrayim becomes empty. And that's why the Torah says this week in the Torah portion, that when you leave Egypt, you're going to empty out Egypt. Make it completely shame by dogim. You're going to make it like a, a, like a metzula, like a, like a net that doesn't have any fish in it. Nothing. So you're going to empty it all out. There's no energy flow in Mitzrayim. Why? Why did the energy go out of Mitzrayim? Because God gets engaged with the Jewish people. And what does that mean? He starts thinking, what's the deeper meaning? Or what do I really want in this creation? I didn't just want a creation. But I want something. What do I want? Oh, so Hashem wants the Torah and He wants mitzvahs. He wants goodness, kindness, righteousness. And that goodness and kindness and righteousness is through the channels of Torah and mitzvahs. Before we went out of Egypt, Torah and mitzvahs couldn't even exist yet because Hashem was still floating above the whole, the whole project. And during, and during Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, Hashem kind of became invested in what He wants. It's almost like He channels His desire into His intellect, into His mind. Once it comes into His mind, it becomes focused. What the divine intelligence... In Kabbalistic terminology, it means that the light of Keter, the light of the crown, the infinite lights, are funneled into Chachma and Bina. Chachma and Bina means into the mental faculties of God. So now Hashem is analyzing the world from a far more rational, logical place. And when you come to a place of logic, the mind discriminates what I want, what I don't want. So on the one hand, it's a contraction because when you take infinite energy and you're funneling it into intellect, intellect by its very definition is, is defined. So Hashem is like kind of coming into definitions. So that's why, that's why it's called a descent of the light. It's, an, it's a descent from a higher place to a lower place. But when the energy comes down to the lower place, it is safe. Because once Hashem is directing the world from a place of intelligence, His intelligence does not allow Him to give the life, the energy to the wicked, because the wicked don't deserve based on God's intelligence. So where does the energy flow have to go? Towards that which is good in this world, towards that which is holy in the world, towards that which is positive in this world. Beginning with the Jewish people, and beginning with all parts of the world that are facilitating what God wants in this world. So, and that's, so that's established by the Torah and the mitzvahs. And that's where the, what we call or pnimi, and that means the energy is going to the front, not to the back. Now the first one who had, was given the task to flip the switch from the back flow to the, low, to the, to the, to the front flow, the one that was given the, 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 the switch to do this repiping, what you call, or the one that was given the task to do the repiping of the cosmos, to channel the light from the back down to the front, was Yosef. That's why even before we begin the entire... That's why the introduction to the book of Shemos, 
which from the book of Shemos on onward, you start having mitzvah observance. Because in Shemos, it takes two Torah portions. First you have exile, redemption. By the time you get to Parsha's bow, the third Parsha and Parsha Shemos, you have already commandments. And all the nitty-gritty of what God wants, what He likes, what He dislikes. And, and everything becomes very meticulous, very, very focused, very, very directed. And from Shemos and onward, in Beshalach you have already the mitzvahs of Shabbos and the Mon, and then you come to Yisro, you have the Ten Commandments. Mishpatim, you have all the legal laws between man. What is, what is, what is, how do you live a life of, of uh, financial responsibility, moral responsibility, and so on and so forth. And in general, you're learning about all the mitzvahs, and that's how it. And then you're learning about creating a home for God, and the rest is a life that is specified. Specifics, specifics, a specific life of kedusha, holiness. Okay. In order for Shemos to come to happen and vayikra b'midbadavarim to have a system of holiness, we first have to change the entire dynamics of how God relates to the world, from Hashem spacing out and being withdrawn or being like being His infinite. State where the worlds mean nothing to him and therefore he couldn't care less what happens here. You know what, here I'm just writing you the check and do it whatever you want. To a God that gets involved and engaged. So who's going to make that switch? Who had that power to do that? You needed a very special soul. And that was Joseph. Yosef. And that's why Yosef is going to go down to, to Paro. Paro is the neck. And he's going to take his, what we call his wrench, and he's going to unplug... He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna loosen the, the bolts that are holding the pipes from the neck going down. And we're going to see that three pipes, the three ministers of Pharaoh, the three ministers of Paro, who when Yosef came to Mitzrayim, you see that he's first a slave, not to Paro. First he's a servant to Paro's ministers. He ends up by the Sar HaTabochim. He, this guy is the butcher. Okay, he's in charge of, I don't know what he was in charge of. I don't know what, I don't know what kind of government um, 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 office it is to be running the, 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 the Sarat Abachim. That's what you do in a restaurant, you know, or something like that. But I guess that's the whole idea. Pharaoh's country was a country, Egypt was a country, that the ministers, which means the entire financial wealth, is being governed by the baker, the guy, the bartender, and the, and the, and the butcher. Because nothing else is important. It's like this the material, like what's with education? What's with the higher, more important things in life? It doesn't exist in Pharaoh's world. It's just a place of having a good time. So, but, but, but spiritually, these, these ministers exist physically, but they also exist in the higher realms. And what they represent is as follows. So first, let's go. Yosef is first serving the... the now, here's the idea. In order to fix something thoroughly... You first have to allow that thing to dominate you. And when it dominates you, then you can get into it slowly, inside of it, and, 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 and change it from within. You can, you can, you can get into its kishkas, as it's called. You get into its, into its innards, and from there you can switch it. So therefore, Yosef had to become a subject, first to the butcher, the, the, the sarhat abochim. The next one, then when he was cast into prison... Paro put his other two ministers in the pure prison, and Yosef is serving them. So you see the same idea. He's serving the three ministers of Paro. 
And what he did really in serving them was he repiped. What he did was like this. First of all, the biggest troublemaker of them all, the most dangerous, the darkest klippa, as we're going to see in a minute, the darkest pipe of Paro, channel of Pharaoh, was, is the, is the baker. And that's why he eliminated him immediately. He bumped him. That's why he, he interprets his dream that you're going to hang, you're going to, you're going to be hung on this tree and the birds are going to eat your flesh. Finito. Finish with him. The Sarhata Hamashkin is a klipa. It's also another element of the unholy, but it's elevatable. So him, he elevates. He puts him back on his position, which means he elevated him to holiness. With the butcher, it doesn't say much what he did with him. But now he marries his daughter, which is interesting. But the next thing is, after he finishes with the ministers, he's upgraded, and he becomes the minister. Instead of these three ministers, he's the minister. Yosef. And he's now, and what does he do? He takes all the wealth of Paro, and instead of allowing that wealth to go down the back, he's putting that money to usage for positive, for, 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 for construction, for constructive usage. What that really means is he's having an impact on God as well. That Hashem's infinite billions of dollars that the Eberster is pouring into the creation should not be governed by the three ministering forces that are taking him for externalities, for, 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 for superficial things, for, for, for things of the back. But Yosef is now in charge. And like Paro puts him in charge, Yosef Uashalit. And what Yosef really does is he closes the entire neck. He, he plugs the neck and he directs the energy towards the front. So really what he does is he bumps Paro in the end as well. In other words, he, he, not in his lifetime, but in the end, because of Yosef, the pharaohs are, disemin, are, are decimated. And the Jews go out of Egypt and the energy of Egypt has completely been kind of... Egypt's influence and power has been has been broken. And the, and, the, and, the, and the power, the powerful force in the world are the Jewish people and Torah and mitzvahs and the teachings of Avram Avinu, which are now beginning to infiltrate through the Torah, making its way through all the globe, throughout, until Mashiach comes. So that's this whole process. Now, he's going to explain now, over here, what we're going to learn this week. This will, the, the basics of this we learned already last week. And what we're going to continue this week is a discussion primarily on this idea of what are, how do you repipe? And how does it apply to each and every one of us? Because Yosef did it then, but each and every one of us has the responsibility to do this. Because we can either, we're soon going to see that there are two, we're going to see soon that there are two, that in our lives as well, we have these three ministers. But we can have them in our holy side, and we can have them in our unholy side. And our job is to close the flow from our unholy butcher, baker, and winemaker or wine pourer. And the way we take away, and here's the thing, the way, we, the way we destroy the unholy, we don't have to go to war with them in a battle, in a one on a face-to-face or head-on clash. The way we 
the way we win the battle is really taking away their funding. Sometimes you think, you know, governments are busy fighting battles, being very strong. But if you can cut down, like, uh, certain powers by making sure that they have no access to funds, right, by shutting down all their bank accounts, like, like you're trying to do with Iran, like shut them down that they should not be able to have business with anybody so they can't make money for their terrorist activities. So this is the, this is the idea, the way we fight the clip. When we channel our energies into the three holy ministers as they are in Kedusha, automatically the flow that goes into the klipa is bankrupt. And it shuts down because there's no, there's no, there's no energy to sustain it. So he's going to explain over here in this mimer, what are these three ministers in holiness and what they are in the unholy and how, what does it mean to take the energy from the unholy and direct it into the holy. And as a result of that, enable Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah, and, and Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and so on and so forth. So let's hold. We're holding over here. In the, in the booklet, yeah, we're, we're, it's still a continuation to last week because we started this last week. So we are holding, by your page, it would be on the page that says Kuv Dalet on the top. So it would be one, two, three pages into the copy that I gave you last week. The third page, Kuv Dalet. We're holding on the top of the we're holding on the top of the second column. There's a paragraph beginning with the words va'ata and now. Yesh lahovin. That's what we're holding. Okay. Now I just want to say one more thing. This whole explanation that the Alter Rebbe is giving over here is on a pasuk that is mentioned in in last week's parsha. That Hashem, that Avraham, that Yaakov Avinu tells Yosef, "Va'ani and I, hine nasati lecha. I have given you Shechem echad alachicha. I have given you one portion more than your brothers. Okay, I am giving you one portion. Yaakov, his father, tells Yosef, "Your brothers all get their portion, but you get an extra portion over your brothers." So the simple meaning is that he's giving him the city of Shechem. There's a deeper meaning. To Yosef, I'm giving an extra portion. Shechem is the shoulders. The shoulders is the place where front meets back. This is the junction where the front meets in the back. What what Yaakov is telling Yosef, you have a higher responsibility. You have a power in your soul, in your your spiritual uh, arsenal, in your neshama, because you are so much higher than your brothers, we're not going to get into that this week. Last week we discussed why the root of Yosef's neshama is way, way, way higher than all the other tribes. That's why Yaakov had such a special relationship with him. But because you are so high, what, you have to always realize, whenever you're in a higher position, it means a greater burden. It means more responsibility. It doesn't mean you just have privileges. It's not about privileges. It's about you have greater power, you have more work to do, and we're going to hold you accountable for much higher, from, on, on a much higher level. That's basically all that it means. Any kind of power that a person has. A person has a lot of money, it means you have greater responsibility. A person has a lot of wisdom, you have greater responsibility. A person has any, and the truth is everybody's rich 
in one area, and that, or maybe more, but in those areas, it's your tremendous responsibility. So Yaakov tells the Yosef, you have Shem Echad, you have an extra portion over your brothers, but the deeper meaning, you have the ability to make from Shem, which is the back, going down to the back, Echad, to turn it into the oneness of God. See, as long as things are in the back, means that the, the, the backside denies God's unity. What's the whole idea of the backside? Remember I said earlier that when you give somebody from the front, it's because you want to be in a relationship with them. When you're giving somebody from your back, means I'm not interested in you here, take. So just like it is from the giver, same is also from the receiver. Someone that's your, that is receiving from the front has to acknowledge you're giving to them. But someone that's taking from the back doesn't have to acknowledge even where the money is coming from, where they're getting it from. I have it. You know, I don't care from where it comes from. It's only about me getting. It's not about anything. So therefore, the klipa, the unholy, when they receive from God, it's almost like they're stealing or getting it from a leak, or it's leaking. Holiness is leaking down a channel, and they're taking. They don't want to surrender to the unity of God. So from the back is the opposite of echad, of oneness. Your job is to take at shechem, the back, and, and turn it into echad, into oneness, by taking the energy out of the back and towards the front. But he says, this Shechem, how are you going to do that? Yaakov says, now, I took it with my sword. And with my bow. So Yaakov is saying that this portion that I'm giving you extra, more than your brothers, I've acquired that portion with a sword and my bow. Bow and arrow. So the simple meaning is, because when the story with Dina happened, when Shechem abused Dina, so then, uh, his, uh, um, yeah, so then what happened was, uh, uh, the Shimon and Levi killed, massacred the whole city. So the, everybody, it says that they all came, the, 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 the inhabitants, the, those who lived around, the neighboring villages all got together to fight, to come to wage war against Yaakov, and Yaakov went out with battle, to battle against them. That's what it means. I actually conquered the city with my sword and my bow. But according to the spiritual meaning that we're learning over here, that we're talking about this idea of transferring or redirecting the energy flow from the backside and directing it to the front side, he says, to, in order to do that, you do that with a sword. So what kind of sword are we talking about? So we're talking about a spiritual sword. I mentioned last week, the sages say that if you say the Shema on your bed at night, we're supposed to say an extra Shema, the bedtime Shema, anybody that says the Shema on their bed, it's like they hold a, two, a sword, a two, two-edged sword, which means a sword that has two, and they, right? So what does it mean? It means a power that kills the klipa, the unholy, but two edges. So that's the sword that Yaakov is talking about. It's a sword that decimates the unholy. But it has two, two, two... In other words, it's one sword that splits into two. Why do, you need, why do you need a sword that splits into two? We're going to see in a moment. But there's one sword that switches into two, and it has two blades, so to speak. And therefore, it can, if two blades means it has to cut the klipa in, in two places. That's why it's a double-edged sword. We learn it out from a pasuk. Here it says, I've taken it with my sword. He also uses a bow and arrow. 
In the end of the Mimer, we're going to see what the bow and arrow is. But first, he's talking about the sword. Today's Mimer is going to talk, discuss mainly how do we, do we cut the heads, so to speak, of the three ministers of Pharaoh. When we chop their heads off with the sword means we don't allow the flow coming from God's back to flow into the klipah. We use a sword to do that, a double-edged sword. And when you have that sword, and then you use a bow, a bow and arrow. What are these two functions? And how, how is that done? So Yaakov says, and he t- says, I, t- I took it, Miyada Amoiri, from the Emirates. And we know there are seven nations living in the land of Israel before the Jewish came in. But he particularly emphasizes the Emirates. So we're going to see what that means, that we have to take a sword, and with that sword we have to kill the Emirate. Even though we have a lot of klipo to deal with, a lot of unholy, but the most important one is the Emirate one. And you're going to see soon how beautiful, how amazing this is. What does it mean in our lives? What do we do? We kill the Emirates. And, and by doing that, uh, and, and that's Yosef's job, and that's our job to fix the world. Okay. Oh, so this concept of cherev, so we might think it's a bloody battle. So we look in, in Siddur, and the Siddur we find out it's not such a bloody battle. Why? It says in, in, in Siddur, in the Siddur, we daven every day, we say, the exaltedness of God is in their throats, and a double-edged sword in their hands. What that tells us is that we have a very gentle sword. The sword that we have is basically, what does a sword do? A sword detaches the head from the body, sadly. That's the function of a sword. Spiritually, it means that if you don't allow a certain entity to receive its flow, its life force, that means disconnecting the head from the body. We said earlier that if we can provide for God a pleasure and a delight in holiness, in good deeds, then he's not interested in the unholy. Then he focuses all of his, he's very alert, very present and very conscious of what's going on, and his energy goes to the right places. That's called chopping the head. So, how do we, so, but here's the thing. We have to create a holy channel. When there is a holy channel, we can substitute, that, that replaces the unholy channel. The channel that's between the head and the body is the neck, and mainly the throat. Mitzrayim, the whole Egypt is this part of the body, the throat. Paro rules right over here in the back. And the, the Egyptians, their ministers, are all the pipes, but the pipes taken from the backside. When we construct three channels, the same three ministers, we're going to see inside our, our throat, outside our neck, we also have three physical channels. We have the esophagus, which is where food goes down. It's called the veshet, the food goes down. We have the kaneh, which is the windpipe, where we breathe from. And then we have a major, major blood artery. The, the, what is it called? Carotter? Carotter? 
Okay, something like that. Anyways, it's a major, major blood vessel. That's like one of the major blood vessels that are basically, yeah, it's basically feeding the blood from the heart up to the brain. And that's what keeps you alive. These are the three pipes that are there. These are the three ministers. They exist in an unholy form and in an unholy form. If we, if we pipe the right pipes, automatically there's no need for the flow to go in the back channels, they will go through the front channels. That's the meaning. If we can take the exalted God, big numb into our throats, and we'll see how we connect those pipes, what they are in our spiritual life. If we provide roimem kale, big roimem in our throats, cherev pifiyos, we have a double-edged sword, biyadam in our hands, and automatically, in other words, just through positivity, and directing the energy to where it's supposed to, the energy will not flow in the back, and that's the sword that we cut down the klipa. That's the idea that he's going to develop over here. Roimem kale, big roimem, it's all... Related to the garon and the fixing that has to take place in the neck. And the Rebbe is going to explain it's primarily going to happen through Torah and tefillah. Torah study and, and prayer. In Torah study there is two, two dimensions. One is primarily more the mental, mental uh, aspect of Torah study. The other one is speech of Torah. And the third one is the fire in prayer. That creates these three pipes, as we're going to see. Let's learn. Now we need to understand. The idea of the exalted, the exaltedness of God, is in their throats. What I do want to say is, is I, I've had a pretty hard time not so much with the concepts. The concepts of the mimer seem to flow very nicely. What's hard over here is just the wording at certain points get very confusing. And now I could say that means I could have said, which I usually, which that would generally indicate to me that I don't understand the word that we're learning here. I'm just thinking I'm understanding. The reason why I'm not saying that today, even though I have no problem saying I don't understand anything. But today I'm not saying that. It's because the same mimer has another version. Um, in Tovkov Samach Gimel, you know, when the Alter Rebbe said a mimer, there were different, he, had, he didn't write them. His listeners would write. So there were different versions of it. So you look at the same mimer and the other version, and over there it's so clear. The reason I'm not learning it from the other version in Tovkov Samach Gimel is because I'm an auction and I'm stubborn. And I want to learn everything in Torah Or because I want to finish, I want to, I want to learn and taught the entire book of Torah Or and that it's all recorded and we have it. Um, so when Mashiach comes, I have evidence that I taught the entire Torah Or. So it's all selfish. So therefore, and I, I, I'm, I'm insisting on learning it over here, but being that by learning over there, you can see clearly what the concepts are, what the idea is, and it flows. Here, it's a little, we need a little... Or maybe, yeah. sometimes, by the way, it, it seems like the, the different writers understood the mimer differently. That, that you do see sometimes. It's not always that they all have the same theme. But here it doesn't seem like there's another pirush. It just seems like there's just, I don't know. I, I, okay, but let's learn. Let, maybe, it won't, maybe it'll all click together. Now that we're learning together, maybe it'll all flow. So let's go. Amen. 
Shairish Advarim, who the, the, the root of the matter is as follows. The Sarei Parai, who are the ministers of Parai? Who is Parai? Oiref the Erech Anpin. Parai is the neck of the Keter, of the crown. Erech Anpin is, 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 is the crown, the, is the Ein Sof, is Hashem when he's still above Hashem, when he's still above the spherot, the attributes of having more of a God is still higher than his mind and higher than his emotions. It's still this infinite energy. Okay? The back of it means, as we said earlier, in desire, in will, there is what you really want and there is what you can tolerate. That's called the back. So the orif of Erechant. So who are these? Hemsara Mashkin. They are the sar, the, the minister of the wine or the porer, the bartender. Sara Tabachim means literally the butcher, the one in charge over the cattle. Sara Oifim is the baker. Vuhu, and what do they represent in terms of the body? Hakone, that's the windpipe. Haveshet, which is the, the, um, the food pipe, the esophagus. Vahaviridin, and this artery, blood vessel, that runs through the neck. Okay, so these are the three... Oh, you're giving it to me, so I, maybe I'll be able to pronounce it. Did you put Nekudai Sosa? Oh. <laughs> oh, there you go, thank you. Koraditid. The carotid... Carotid artery. Isn't it called the coronary? I always thought of it like coronary Karatitur. Karatit. Okay. If I'm going to have to do that, we're really going to get, we're really going to get stuck in the throat. Yeah. Yeah, right? Karati it's called? Karotit. Okay, there you go. I think I'm going to stick to the Hebrew. Yeah. And when Yosef was sold as an Eved, as a servant, he... God had kind of orchestrated that Yosef, who is, rep, who, is, who is representing something awesomely divine, it's almost like Yosef is, is like, he, we learned last week, his neshama is of the essence of Hashem. So when he's going down there, it's like, it's like he's carrying Hashem's, Hashem's desire to wherever he's going to channel it. So he has to go down into the place where it's, where it's leaking and fix the leak. So Yosef gets sold as an Eved. In a state of, 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 of exile. To, to, to do a birur, a purification. Purification in this sense means to empty paro. To do a birur, to empty paro. The kasher pasar and as Yosef does a pisro, and as Yosef does a dream interpretation, lahem kein haya, so it was. Shesara oifim, who as we're going to see soon, the baker, he corresponds, we're going to see soon, to the Emirates. And remember we said earlier, when, when he says, when he says I'm gonna, that, that I, I killed them with my sword, he, kill, he, 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 he used the sword on the Emirates. So you see, when Yosef kills one of them, of the, one of them he has to kill. 
So who does he de- who does he defeat completely? That's the baker, Baharbi with his sword. So Yosef actually actualizes that against the Sarah Oifim, because the Sarah Oifim, the, the baker, is related to speech. We're going to see soon. But in any case, him he eliminates. So he commands, you should hang him up, and he hung him. And you should know that each and every one of us is Yosef. We can all command and direct the energy wherever we decide to direct it. As we're going to see soon, just to give you a little clue. If we decide to sit for hours and read all kinds of stuff that are coming our way, from the millions of channels that are coming our way every second. This guy sends us this, and this one sends us that. And then we're busy surfing and reading over here, this article, and look at this news article, and look at this video, and look at this thing. You realize what's happening is your mind is being bombarded with words, with oisios. And who do you think most of these oisios are? The oisios, the words, these are all klipa words. This is the Amorite. Amorite is the bombardments of words, bombardments of letters. And it's all vying for your attention. If you give it its attention, then you're allowing the flow of energy to go down the wrong channel, the back channels, and not the front channel. But if you say, you're being hung, no life to you in my life, I'm shutting that down. I'm not. I have enough words, holy words to do. I have to occupy myself with all the Torah, today's the yard side of the Rambam, right? The Rambam gave us enough to busy ourselves by learning a whole lot of Rambam every day and learning all the other Torah that there is. Filling, channeling holy words so then you don't even have space for the unholy thoughts and the unholy words because there's... And then if you're, you're not giving attention, so you're Yosef directing where your desire is going into the holy, it's going into the front channels, it's not going into the back channels. So that's what Yosef did. He, he hangs him. The Sarah Mashkin. And the other Sar, the other minister, through his interpretation, Yosef elevated the other minister up. And then what happened? As a result of all of this, and then once Yosef is doing his job, the God says, I can trust him. I like the way you're running the things. So now he puts him, appoints him as being the second guy to, to Paro. Now Paro is like the source of all this powerful energy because he's the backside of God's will. So in the level of will where everything is ain't so, even the back has got so much energy. But Yosef says it's not going to flow anymore down into the universe through these channels because I'm going to connect the back energy, the chitzonius of God's rutzon to his panemius of rutzon. No more desire for, uh, that Hashem should have just in a world. Hashem should have... Hashem should only have a purposeful world, not just a world. That means that the chitzonius, the external desire, is going is to synchronize with the internal desire, and the energy is going to go down to the front, not to the back. So that's why he becomes now Paro's guy. And then he's able to refine the energy from Mitzrayim. The sorry Paro and all the ministers of Paro, call all the energy flow that has already gone to them, and that's what it says. Vayalakit Yosef is kol hakesef. Yosef went and he got all the money. He got all the riches of Egypt. And, and think about it. What happened with Yosef's money? In the end, the Jewish people took it out of Egypt and they made a mishkan. They made a home for God with all that. So you see, 
like where, where it was put to use. It was taken from the corruption of the Egyptian temples with who knows what they were doing over there. All the three cardinal sins. And taken from there and used towards, towards the holy. And all of this was only a preparation. And afterwards we can have the Torah and we can have the mitzvahs. And what is the Torah and the mitzvahs? The, 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 the frontal flow directed through all the particulars of Torah and mitzvahs where God's positive energy can flow in a very constructive way in this world to make this world into a holy place. And that's the reason why that's the reason why the book of Bereshis is before the giving of the Torah. Because you can't have a, a book of Shemos, of giving of the Torah, unless you first repipe. So Yosef has to do that work first in Bereshis so that we can have it later happening uh, in Shemos. And the explanation of the matter is as follows. To understand this and also to understand this cherev, this sword shall base pios, this sword of the two-edged sword. Now, what are these two-edged swords? These are the two hays of Hashem's name. In the yud kevavke, there are two hays. So the two hays—that's the two parts of the sword. Now, two hays. One hay is one hay is simply what are the two hays? So the two hays are Bina and Malchus. That's generally what we say in the two hays. Over here in the Mimer, he's not going to make an association, even though in, in this one he does mention it briefly, the two hays are Bina and Malchus. But in this Mimer, he's primarily going to associate one hay with the hay chasadim the five powers of Chesed, and the second hay are the five powers of Gevura. The two hays are really, which later translate into the 248 commandments, are all derivative of the five, they're, they're, they're the actualizers of the God's five Chasadim, the five powers, what do I mean five powers of Chesed? We have a right hand and we have a left hand. And in our right hand we have five fingers, and in the left hand we have five fingers. So Kabbalistically, because the right side is chesed and the left side is gavura, and since it, in order for it to become practical, it needs to go through fingers, just like your arms. The difference of a human and an animal is that a, an animal can has a lot of force. A bear has got a lot of force, but a, a bear can't do any. It can't really do too much um, particularized kind of work because he doesn't have fingers. He just has a paw. So when, 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 when things go through fingers, they become specified. So fingers break things down into detail. So when the chesed gets, has to be specified, and the gavura, the power of gavura, also has to be specified. So that's what the 248 commandments, every mitzvah is a channeling of God's light into the world. It's, it's a flow of kindness. So it's the root of the five mitzvahs, the root of the five mitz of, of sorry of the, the two hundred forty eight commits commandments are hey chasadim, the five chesed powers. The root of the three of the three sixty five prohibitions, this three hundred sixty five prohibitions in the Torah, are five gevurais from the five fingers of the left hand, 
Five Gevuris. Now, and that's the idea of the two Hayyan. How will you associate this with Malchus and Bina? It's possible, and then I'm, this is just my own possibility. We know that the main structure of Malchus is Gevura. Malchus is mainly structured of Gevura. Bina, even though Gevura comes from Bina, but Bina also has a very strong chesed. That's why she's, her child is chesed, and so on and so forth. Her first and primary child is chesed. Um, chesed, gevurah. So therefore, I think Bina is, has, the Hechasadim is associated with Bina more than with Malchus. Now, this is just Kabbalistic thing, and it's not so necessary for the understanding in the Mimer. The main thing we need to understand in the Mimer is as follows. Through our observance of the positive commandments, we cause a, 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 a we cause a positive energy flow into the world. That very positive energy flow flowing in the world is robbing the unholy. Because that's the rule. When there is a flow from the front, there is no flow in the back. So by positive mitzvahs, by being engaged in it, and you see it in your own life. The Rambam says, for instance, that if a person is bothered with negative thoughts, the Rambam says that negative thoughts only come to a person that's empty. If you're filling your brain all day with good, there's no space for the negative thoughts. The Tanya also gives us that. The Alter Rebbe also gives us that advice. Whenever you're, you feel that you're being overwhelmed by, by negative thoughts, the Alter Rebbe says, don't fight them. Don't discredit the thought. Just start thinking the right things because you can only a thought. Your mind can only host one thought at a time. So host good thoughts, think good things, and automatically the negative thoughts don't have any space to go there. So this is the idea. Through the positive commandments and creating a positive flow, that's one end of the sword. That's one hay, the hay of Chesed, and it's not only it's not only um, um, words. It's all the positive commandments by being occupied in the 248 positive commandments, doing all the good that we can do, we're cutting the klipa off. But we're going to see that that's not enough, because even when we create a flow into the holy, the klipa has a lot of chutzpah. They have tremendous chutzpah, the unholy. And what they do is, when there's nothing coming down to them, when there's nothing being downloaded, they can soar up to the source. And go, they go upstream. If they're waiting, they car- imagine if they, you know, they carve out these ditches so that the water, the water comes. But if for whatever reason you cut down the flow, they have the abilities. It says in the Pasuk, in Tagbiyah Kanesher, if you will rise like an eagle, they soar up to the, to the place, to the source, and steal from there. So there but the Pasuk says, ritcha, from there I'm going to cast you away. God says, I'm going to throw you down. Even when the Klippa soars to a high place. So the way we so we have to fight them in two ways. We have to stop the flow, but we also have to stop them their wings. We have to we have to we have to clip their wings and not allow them to soar up. How do we do that? We don't have to fight them. It's all inside of us. When God forbid Jew, a, a Jewish man or a woman when we are arrogant and we're full of ourselves and we rise in, in self-importance we cause the klipa to feel so important that it can rise. So the, the root of, of, of inflated ego and self-importance and all this kind of thing creates another avenue for klipa to take. So that the 365 prohibitions. 
The 365 prohibitions, if the root of it is not so much you shouldn't eat that, of course, I'm not saying, of course, it's, it's very much about not eating that, not doing that sin. Don't say, but the neshama of it is to say no to your ego every day, a thousand times. In a mitzvah, you're not saying so much no to your ego, because who doesn't want to do a mitzvah? Like, we all have like an enjoyment of being nice and feeding hungry people and doing something nice. But when we really feel, when we really feel, um, not what's the right word? Uh, that, um, uh, uh, um, what was the word? No, uh, no, not worthy. We feel entitled. We feel entitled to, to, to indulge in, in whatever indulgence it is, whether it's kosher or not kosher. And we say, no, why no? Because it doesn't care what I want. Because God said no, is no. That's a slap to the ego. So the constant slapping of the ego is the banging it down. It doesn't allow the person of that self-importance. So the loif say is primarily the gavura that knocks down the inflation, which doesn't allow the klipa to soar up. Because I remember always one rule that comes out from the mimer is we are in control. When we tilt our attention and when we tilt our mood and the way we, that literally directs everything. Why? Because the neshama is so high. A Jewish soul is so deep and so high that we have such control over everything. So this mimer teaches us how to use that control in the right way so that we come to geula away from the gullus. So now let's see. So that's the vini. These are the two hays. The gamla haven in yecheres shall base pefi yeshu trein ahay, and these are the true hays of chesed and gavura, chesed and gavura. The ramach mitzvah says the two hundred forty-eight positive commandments. That's the first hay. The shasalo says the three hundred sixty-five prohibitions is the second hay. Shegarmim lachtoich. This is what causes to cut down yenikas gimul sare paroy. We have to chop them down, like Matasio sings. Chop them down, chop them down. We have to chop down the three sare paro, hanal, the three ministings of paro. So, so we need to first understand what is the idea of these three ministering, uh, 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 ministering powers, bekedusha and holiness. We see. So let's. What he's going to do over here first is he's going to give us a a more of a. Um, a biology, not a biology, a uh, yeah, biology class. A little bit of the anatomy of the body to understand how it works. The windpipe is not just a windpipe for ear. It really connects the brain to the heart. We see an interesting thing. As soon as you think about something, your heart feels it immediately. Instantly. There is a connection between the between the the gidim, uh, uh, the sinews, the sinews of the of the of the brain are connected to the heart through the kana. I guess the kana, the windpipe, is inch has nerves and I guess certain sinews that go from the brain down to the heart. I'm not a medical expert, so I couldn't tell you this exactly what it is, but I'm sure this is, uh, this is the way it is because the Alter Rebbe says this is the way it is, so it's for sure this is the way it is medically as well. In any case, but what does that mean? What does he mean? You know, if I had a situation where you, 
you really love someone, you really care about someone, you just didn't see them in a long time, or it's a teacher of yours, or it's a, someone important in your life, and you suddenly see them. And the moment you see them, you get excited. Now what happened? You had the thought taking place up here. How did it instantly get your, literally, it gets your blood pumping fast, and you got so excited, and you run across the street, because you just saw them, instantly. It's not even, it's not like you have to like meditate and say, oh, let me, let me just process this, and oh, this person I remember, I, you know, whatever, and, and bring yourself to excite, it, it's instantaneous. Or you remember you once heard about a book, or something that you were so interested in, but you never could find it, and then you're in a library, or you're in someone's house, and suddenly you see it, like, and, and suddenly you're like, no one can talk to you, you're like, so you see, your heart is so spontaneously attached to the moach. The thought is taking place up here, but instantly it, it, it registers in the emotional realm which we associate with the heart. And that's because of this deep connection that there is between moach and lev. And that's the function of the kone. The kone is this, um, this windpipe. Now it has another pu'ula as well. That's one, that's one effect. Is that anything you feel in your brain transfers or is transmitted to the heart immediately. The other one is the heart also, the brain has to, see the heart, just like a car, a car has an engine and the engine gets overheated, would get overheated because friction causes heat. And where there is heat, what? After a while, just get hotter and hotter and hotter and your car will go, and go on fire. So what do you need to have? So you have a radiator. And what does it do? And you have to have coolant. And it has to fans. There are fans that are blowing constantly on the engine to keep the engine cool. Because if the engine not, it will overheat. The same is we have a, a engine and that's our heart. And the heart is in a, a muscle that's pumping enormous, it's working like crazy and blood is hot and it should really, after a while, it should start smoking so how does the heart keep cool? so there is from the lungs is actually blowing on the heart, whatever it's the ear of the lungs is cooling the heart and that's also coming from the windpipe more spiritually it's related to the brain the brain has a lechis has, has a moisture has a coolness through the, it's a, it seems like an internal cooling system. It's not like a blowing. The, from, the, from, the, from the lungs, it's maybe more of an ear that blows. From the brain to the heart, it's cooling. And psychologically, we know that. If, you, if, if you're very emotional, then you get very angry or very, you know, you get this too intense. So you need to have more rational thinking. The mind, the mind is cool and collective. What's the difference between an intellectual person, a very a cerebral person, an intellectual person, and a more emotional person. An emotional person is a hothead. And in a very intellectual person, it's very hard to get them, you know, to get them out of their kalim, as you say. It's very hard to get them because everything is, the, you take everything and, you know. So you see the interplay between intellect and emotions. Intellect is calm and cool. Emotions are restless and what? And hot. And a human being has to have that combination. So where does the combination happen? 
between the coolness. But if you're very cool, then you become cold. When you become cold, you don't get anything done. You can be the most amazing ideas. Without a heart, without that, that, that engine, you can have the most brilliant ideas of fixing the world or brilliant ideas of everything or even of how you can create products that are going and nothing gets done because there's no push. So you need the heat, which is like the, the oomph and everything, but you need the mind to cool it down because you let the, let, let the heart take over. It's just it's a total mess. So that's the, that's the balance between the two, and that's taking place through the kana that's communicating the, 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 the brain to the heart, as he says over here. This is also the pu'ula. Sheboi Yaver will pass down. A flow of the moisture of the brain to the heart. So that the lungs can, can cool off the flaming fire of a heart. As explained in, in scientific, in, 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 in books of medicine. Okay? The gam on Uroyim, we also see, that was a third Indian. That's already two, two ideas. Number one, you feel. It's hargasha. You feel something in your brain. You feel it in your heart. Number two, to cool the heart. The gam on Uroyim, a third function. Inyan hevel alev is another thing. Shememenu hakoil, sound, voice. Where does that take place? That too is coming through the throat. Primarily through which, through which pipe is sound coming from? Which pipe? It's also the wind pipe. Esophagus is the food pipe. The what is the, the 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 trach? What is it? Trachea. Tra- trachea. Yeah, it's the trachea, which where sound comes from. But sound is interesting. Sound is not going down. Till now we were talking about influence going down. Sound is going up. You know, the sound is coming from the, from the chest, from the ear, from the lungs, from the heart, kind of, and it's creating sound upwards. As he says, it's the hevel halev. It's the hevel. It's a breath. It's the breath of the heart. Shememenu akoyl, from where the sound comes from. Bekoneh, coming through the trachea. No matalamayla. It's really going upward. Now what he's really explaining, the kone, this trachea, is primarily a downward flow. It's chesed. So it's primarily all about channeling down. And he's going to show you in a moment that even voice, sound, is also, there's two levels of voice. It's also coming from up down. Why? So I think, I think, because even though sound is let speech comes from and the truth is like this speech mainly comes from emotion when there is no emotion you're quiet you're silent you can have the most brilliant ideas what gets a teacher to talk it's because they want to share it because they're excited just pure ideas people that are very very not excitable people they just have a lot of ideas they're mute, they're quiet, they're very isolated, they sit to themselves, they don't talk. They can be the most brilliant people, but they don't still say anything because they're just. It's when people that have a heart, they have a fire, they like to get the ideas out and share it and pump it. And... So, heart makes you talk. The speech comes from the heart. Hevel alif. But all the content that you're putting out in your heart begins with thought. So, it's the thought that really is, 
is, is, is, is coming from ideas, coming from your brain to your heart, and from there it's going upward. So that's why he says that there is another, there's two coils. There is an outer coil, that's the more physical sound, the, 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 the more physical sound, but there's a more silent coil, a more, coil means a hamshacha, a flow, but a, but, a, but a more internal flow that you don't hear outward, but it's a, it's an inward coil. That coil is going from the brain to the heart. And that's the main function of the kana. So again, it's interesting that he mentions the kana also has an upward, an upward, um, an upward flow, but it's primarily a downward flow on three things. First of all, that you feel in your heart immediately what you know in your mind. Number two, you cool down the excitement of the heart with, with the mind. And number three, even sound is a, the, 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 um, the power behind the sound, the drive behind the sound is also the coil. In the middle he mentions over here some kind of a upward, oh, it's, it's like downloading and uploading. The heart has some kind of an upload as well, going up, not the the kane, an uploading energy going upward as well. So let's read over here. Vigam, it's interesting because in this mimer over here, the one I told you, the other version doesn't. As I told you, it's more complicated. In this mimer, he doesn't mention at all in the kane any up, any uploading, only downloading. So it makes it simple. Because what we're going to see soon in the mimer, he's explaining like this: the trachea is a downward flow, the the um, car- carotid carotid artery is all about blood, so it's completely an upward. The blood flows from the from the from the from the from the heart; it pumps up to the brain, so it's all an upward, and the esophagus serves as the intermediate, it has both. But for some reason, in this mime, in the version we have over here, he mentions in the kana also an up. So let's read. The gam on a we also see in Yenhevel Alev, the breath of the heart. Shememen ha'kol, from which the sound comes from the kana and the kana. Milmata lamayla. This is going in the opposite direction. From up, from the bottom, upward. The gam milmayla lamata, but even in that, even in voice and in sound, it's also mamaylo lamata, yumshech koil hapnimi, the internal koil, lelev, to the heart, mina moyach al from the moach, from the brain, al through the trachea. So he doesn't explain. I thought that this means the idea that thought is really what drives the, 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 the words in the heart, the, the actual physical words and letters that are going to come out through the breath that's created. So moving, it's understood. This is what serves as an attacher of the brain to the heart. But all the shefa, all the flow that's crossing through the kone, it's all chesed energy. Now, always remember the idea in a chasidus that chesed, kindness, is always a flow from higher to lower. It's like water. Water flows from up down. Water is never going uphill. It's always going downhill. Chesed is a downward. From the person who has, it's simple chesed. From someone who has, 
a, a, a person supporting a poor person. So the one who has and is in a higher state in life, and they're giving to the one that's less fortunate, who doesn't have. The mashpia, the makabal. And it's every aspect. So it's always a flow down. So he's saying the kana is mainly a flow of kindness. That's why it's the source of moisture that's in the brain. So too the grasping of the, of the, of the, of the intellectual idea. That the heart should be able to grab it as well. You should feel it in your heart so you can get emotionally excited by it. It's the, it's the kana that draws that down. And the same to the voice. Even though earlier he said the voice is both, but over here he, he dominates the upward Indian of koil. Koil is a hamshacha, no lamata. From the moyach to the heart, and then back up. But it's still a, a downward flow. And this is called the minister of the pourings. He's the one who gives the... He's the ha-shoyfeya chasadim. Who's giving chesed. No. Now we have the. <laughs> Why do I have such a hard time saying this? Carotid artery. They're drawing that comes from the from the, from below upward. Why? The blood. Is where the main physical energy of the human being is vested. The main energy in the human being is vested where? In the blood. Adamu anefesh, that's the nefesh, that's where the energy is. Now, the best of the blood, that's in the heart, it's after it's cleaned in the liver, and it's the most purest of the blood, the veridim, which is the. Um, the, this, this, this artery, this blood vessel, El moach is being sent up to the brain, Lamaila upward, to enliven the brain, because the brain needs blood, and to strengthen the brain. The brain. But this is the opposite. If the flow from the brain to the heart is the water, which is going downward, blood is really liquid fire. It's what blood is. It's like mashke. Mashke is also that way. It's like alcohol. Even though it's very innocent. You ever have this situation? We don't know if fire is dangerous. So last week I had it by the Kiddush actually over here. I poured myself a, a little cup or something and I forgot it was... And it's a very big difference when you take... Your tongue plays a different role. When you're taking mashke, you have all your, 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 your... You have your... What's it called? You have your barriers up. Because your tongue gets in the way and allows only a little bit. But when you're drinking like cold water... You let your tongue down and you go like, oh, gulp. So if you do that with, 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 with uh, Smirnoff, it's nishgut. So, because it's fire. You feel like you're drinking fire. Blood is the fire in the person. And fire goes up, water goes down. So, Leo's Kiyaduot is known. The heart is full of gavura. Vislavos, and fire. Rishpeesh, flames of fire. Hachuka, because the heart is always longing. It's, it's now, being that that there needs to be integration in everything, so the brain has to be able to receive the fire as well. Brain, even though it's primarily water, cool, the coolness of the person is the mind, and the heart, the emotional, is the excitement, 
But in the brain, there also has to be, just like we said before, the brain, just like we said before, the water of the mind has to go down to the heart. The fires of the heart have to go up to the brain. And how does that happen? So there's two mochen, chachma and bina. Physically, we have the right side of the brain and the left side of the brain. Now, the right side of the brain is where you have all the creativity happen. The right side of the brain. Images and so forth. The left side of the brain is where numbers take place and where all mathematics takes place and all the analytical side of the brain. It's complete two different sides of the brain. There's a woman who did a TED Talk and I watched this once. It was unbelievable when she had a stroke and one side of her brain was hit and the other side not and how she literally could not... And she, she, and she was analyzing it as it was happening. It was crazy. It's worth... And you see everything that it says in Hasidus. She's a, she's, a, she's a Gentile woman. Everything it says in Maimarim, she's describing it in the physiological experience that she has of her moya So the moya which is in the left side of the brain, is actually dry and warm. The right side of the brain is cool and wet. Even physically. So, the, 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 why? Because the heart, he's explaining over here, the heart is connected primarily, has some kind of, this main artery that we're saying that's going up is plugged in in the left side of the brain. By the Moach of Bina, not in the Moach of Chachma. yesh. There's two moyach chachma, there is the brain of chachma. Or moyach bina, there is the moach of bina. Chachma machasadim. Chachma is primarily chesed. But bina megvurais. And bina is from gevura. Can do as it is now. V'hainu ha-kone ve-kone. Me-kabel shefa chasadim. Lachluchai shebe moach. The the trachea, receives the flow of chesed. That's from the moisture of the right side of the brain of the Moyacha Chachma, who maybe lave, and it brings it to the heart, lekaroi to cool it off. Kineskelel, as we said earlier, and the gevura that's in the deepest point of the heart, which is like that boiling, boiling, a fire passion. The veridim bring that fire up. El Moach Bina, to the Moach of Bina. Umesibazeh, and because of this, he says, you find an interesting thing. Hasidus always teaches you that if you learn concepts and you don't thoroughly understand them or you don't meditate on them, then you don't get emotionally excited. You just have a flat. You just, the, the emotion doesn't come from Chachma, it comes mainly from his Boininut. And his Boininut means Bina. You have to have the Bina in order to excite the emotions. Why? Because the heart is plugged in more in the left side of the brain where the bina is than it is in the than it is in the chacham. So masiba zetav eslavus believe the eslavus the excitement in the heart machmasi his boyninus comes through contemplation which is bina his boyninus dafka not from new ideas you can have powerful new ideas one after another it's not going to excite the heart the excitement of the heart gets excited when you really, really appreciate, understand, and develop, and, and, and dissect something. till you really, really becomes part of you, which is done in the Bina, and then it excites the heart. They have a shaykhs one to the other. Through the connection of this corduroy, cor, corroded artery. 
courted art. Courted art. Hebrew. What? Korotid. Better. Ukishem is barred in Bemoyach. Vahoyo Lechayus. Oh, the Nikra, and that's called Sarah Tabachim. It's called the minister of Tabachim. Liyashorshoi min adamim shebeguf. Because, what does it have to do with Sarah Tabachim? Because the, the, the Tarah Tabachim is the one that uh, deals with the, he cuts and he gets the blood out. And the Shoresh of this, of this whole energy flow is the blood of the body, the blood that goes up. Ukishem is baradim b'moyach. And when it goes up to the brain and it becomes chayos in the brain, it's called the sarat tabachim. In other words, generally it's just called tabachim. But when it goes up into the moyach, that's the minister of tabachim. Veshet, and now we have the third one. What's the veshet? The veshet is the esophagus. This is kind of the mediator between the two. Between the Gevura on the left side and the Chachma on the right side, the brain, right? So we have, why? Ki pa'ula saveshet, because the pa'ula, the effect of the, of the, um, of the esophagus, hu lehei Primarily what does it do? It brings the food in the body. And what does food do? So the first thing is that food increases the blood. Through the food you increase the blood. So you see the food, that, that makes that this process of eating and, 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 that, and bringing food into the body is related to gevura, because that's where the, the heat is, that's the blood. V'kolom chesed gevura, it's including chesed and gevura, why? Sharei yashapich ladam, it's going to be converted into blood. Achakach beveridim, it's later going to turn in the food that's going, basically when you think about it, the food that's going down the esophagus is in a day or two from now, going to be blood going up the artery. The same. So what, what's in the esophagus now is going to end up in the in the in the blood vessel. Okay, the yeduah is known, but food itself, which is primarily bread, is the halechem hubechachma. The power of lechem of bread is in chachma. The sages say an interesting thing: a child does not develop a mind until he starts eating grains. As long as a child is just nursing from the mother, physically it's developing the body. But it's not yet so much developing the intellectual element of the person. A child does not know to call father or mother until they taste the taste of grain. Not enough just to nurse. So nurse does a lot of incredible development in the child. But the actual mind needs, because you, in order for a brain to operate, you need to have, I don't know if it's, if it's, uh, if it's a certain nutrition, certain things that are in, that are in grains. The nikra, okay. Um, so you see that what? Because it's coming from where? It's coming from Abba, and it says particularly, child doesn't know how to call father. It doesn't say mother. Because father is chachma. And lechem, bread, is related to chachma. The nimtza comes out. Shahaveshet. That, the veshet. Yeshla yishabros, it has an attachment. Bishnei moichen chachma bino. For the fact that it's bringing food, which the food itself is what? Is chachma. It's channeling brain energy into the body, so that's on the right side of the chachma. It's turning it into blood, which is gevura. So you have the two combined together. V'nikrasara oifin. And think about it. 
he's also called the minister of the baker because when you take bread, which is chachma, and you put it in the fire, you bake it, you put it in the fire. So you're making this combination of chachma, which is chesed, and the 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 the, 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 the bina or the or the heart, which is sha'oifa halechem, which is the lechem pidish hachachma, toifa be'esh. The chachma needs to get baked in the fire. Hagvuris of gvur of a tichlal mishneim, and it becomes integrated from both. The dialamev. So the treke is primarily a flow of chachma. The um, veridin, which is this artery, is which I'm not trying to say now, is is what's it called again? The flow, the energy of gvura. And the baker, which is the, the esophagus, is a combination of both together. The coals and marshal, and all of this is an analogy. This is all an analogy for these three ministers as they exist in holiness, in the realms of holiness. And we can understand it in our own experience. In other words, this is really cosmic. Because the whole cosmos is set up in this human, human design. So it's up there in this much, much infinite big scale. But being that we're all a little part of the whole system. So in each one of us is genetic code of everything. So the way we, our bodies are structured and our, especially our spiritual service is meant to influence this all. So we see in the, in the, in the divine spark that we have. So now we go over to page 208. The Koil hakone betorah. Sound of the kone. The sound of the kone. The hainu koil hakone. The sound of the kone betorah is in Torah. Hine alzenemar. On this it says. Hine alzenemar. There's actually another one. There's an extra copy there. Hine. It says alzenemar. It says um, on the on the in the pasuk, kenei chachma. It says a it says in the pasuk kenei chachma kenei bina, but kenei is kane kane chachma. Why is a why is a, a we know that and we know that an a a a chacham a, a sage is called a zakain. This even today's chumash, um, um, Hashem says to the Jewish people. Uh, to Moshe Rabbeinu, go gather the Zikanim. So Rashi says it doesn't mean old people, because you can't gather 600. The, the oldest, all the old men of the Jewish people would be a lot of people to gather. Rashi says it means the people that were dead, they were the, 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 the elders, meaning the ones that are in charge over whatever. Which means the wise ones, the smart. And it's the idea of Zikna, the Chachamim amongst them. Rashi doesn't say Chachamim. Because Zakin stands for Zeshekana, the one that acquired wisdom. So we use the word Kana. In Azen, I'm a Kanei Chachma. Piddish. And what does that mean? Mashemasig b'moach ha-chachma. When one contemplates in the Moach of Chachma, you're activating your Kana. Now he's going to differentiate in the Mimer now that there's, in general, there is Torah and there is Tefillah. There is Torah and... The difference between Torah and Tefillah, Torah, Torah is Torah study, Tefillah is prayer. The difference between the two are, Torah is primarily a flow from God to you, because you're processing godly information. Tefillah is from you to Hashem. It's your heart rising. Tefillah is rising upward, 
Torah is, is, is bringing, bringing down. But in Torah itself, and therefore he's going to apply the Torah to the trachea, and prayer to the vridin, to the blood rush, because the burning, my soul is thirsting for you, I'm on fire for you, God. That's what prayer is. It's the yearning to, to have the vekos, to cleave to God from the bottom up. So these are the two, these are the two forces. But in Torah study itself, there is, there is, the, there is the, the eon of Torah, which means the, the deep um, um, study, the, 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 the um, concentration in Torah study. For that you don't have to talk. You can sit and just read with your brain, with your mind. There's a specific mitzvah, the dibar tabam, to talk Torah. To say the words of Torah. So he's going to differentiate, he's going to say like this. Thinking Torah, studying the concepts, learning Torah deeply, <coughs> that kind of experience, that's a trachea. Speaking Torah, that's the esophagus. Because when you're speaking Torah, first of all, you're giving Torah a more physical... The difference between learning Torah in, 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 without speaking it means when you're learning Torah without speaking it, then the Torah remains spiritual. Because it's something that you're just perceiving in, in the brain. There's nothing physical there. But when you take the Torah and you turn it into breath, into words, and the words can be recorded, you can hear it. So you're making it physical. You're putting it into, into substance. So you're making the Torah more Gashmiist. That On that level, when Torah becomes more physical, Torah is called bread. Substance. Bread is made up of what? Bread is made up of chita. You can make it up of five, made out of wheat. In Hebrew, the word, the word for wheat is chita. Chita is 22. Ches and tes is 17. Ches is 8. Tes is 9. 17. Hey is five. Seventeen and five is twenty-two. How many letters are there in the olive base? Twenty-two. So chita is Torah. The twenty-two letters of the Torah, that's chita. And what do you do with chita? You make it into bread. That's why Hashem says about the Torah, l'chu lachmi belachmu, go eat my bread. Torah is called your nutrition to your soul. But only when you're talking Torah. That's when you have to speak it. Torah is in words. Because when you're just hearing concepts, you're not so much hearing, it's not so much words, it's just ideas. You put it into words. And that's the esophagus, that's the Sarah Ophim, that's the baker. So you got, Sarah Mashkim is deep mental Torah study. Sarah, Sarah, uh, Sarah Tabachim is fiery prayer. And Sarah Ophim is Torah study in words. We're going to see that. Now here is the part where I told you earlier I was having a hard time just setting the words and it seems like I can't say chas v'shalom that it wasn't that it was some kind of a misprint over here how do I know it's not a misprint what was my proof maybe I don't know maybe it ended up anyways in the hysophis in the back sometimes because in one line the Rebbe makes a tiny little change in the words in the bottom so I realize if the Rebbe made this tiny change over here he didn't make any other changes anywhere else means that I'm just not it's humbling let me put it that way let's read it and let's see if maybe together it's going to fit this that a person apprehends in the Moach of his Chochmah with the Chochmah of Torah when he's thinking deeply 
in the power of Eon of his brain. Eon is the power of concentration in his brain. You didn't bring it yet into speech. It's more just conceptual learning. So what you have over here is it's a hamshacha. You're getting Torahs compared to water, mayim. It's the moachach mashab Torah is what you're drawing. That's kana. It's the it's the it's God's channel. It's the moachachma of Torah up there. At this moment, it's channeling down into your physical brain through what? That's the kana. The kana is the channel for moach for brain juice. The brain juice, the brain, the 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 the, the, the waters of chachma flow through, as we said earlier, through the trachea. Vinikra shekana chachma. That's why it's called kana. You acquired chachma. Al derech dugma hakana hagashmi. Just like the physical kana, shamoyle chamashke that 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 leads the liquid, va'alachluches and the moisture hagashmius, the physical moisture shabamoach that's in the brain canal. Here you're taking spiritual energy of the divine mochin into your brain. It's interesting, even though you're not yet, he's already referring to it as the function of, as the function of, of chachma, um, I'm sorry, as the function of the kane, even though he's not yet talking about connecting the moach to the heart. Just the fact that you're perceiving it in your moach is already a, a kane, a kana experience. Even though in the mashal earlier, he explained that when you're taking your brain activity and you're connecting it to the heart, that's the moach. That's what the kana's function is. The experience of the moach itself is not the kana. But over here it seems like, this is what I noticed, that just the, the idea that you're learning Torah is already kana. Why? What's the difference? Because over there, the high point is your brain. Bring it to your heart. Here the high point is God's brain. The moichen el So the very fact that you're channeling the eibishter's moichen, God's moach, God's ideas into your brain, that's already a kone, that's already a piping. A piping of chesed, God's kindness, that he has, that he has allowed his wisdom to be able to be understood down here in a human mind. Okay. Now, kamoikein uh, kashed. But that's stage number one. Stage number two. When he takes and he brings the chachma of the Torah that's in his brain. I'm sorry, this is, this is still the first. This is the kana ruchni, this is a spiritual kana. Okay. Um, but now there's another pu'ula of the kana haruchni. believe. What you understand in your brain, you bring it into your heart. Canal. And where? In prayer as well. Which means, we shouldn't think that the, that the Kana experience is only Torah. It's also Tefillah. But not the fire in Tefillah. Not the powerful surgeons, upward surge. The explosion, the rapture of the soul where it's just... Getting excited with God for, for Hashem in a powerful upward search. Not that. It's that you're just contemplative davening. More Chabad kind of davening. Which means you learned something, you learned Chasidus. You put on your tefillin, your talis or whatever. And you stop and you're saying the words and you stop for a while and you're thinking deeply. 
You're trying to bring the information you have in your mind about the greatness of the God, that you should, that you should bring it to your heart, that you should feel it. Your heart should get excited. That too is part of the downward flow of the kana. It's not yet the energy, the blood surging upward. It's still a flow from the brain to the heart. But it's also in prayer. It's like phase one in prayer. Phase two in prayer is when the blood gets pumping and the, and the, and the, and the energy is flowing from, from the heart to the head. That's later, as we're going to see in a moment. So again, there's another pa'ula of the kane, haruchni. You bring the asaga belev keniskele, as we said earlier. Which is done during davening. When a person contemplates in the divine, in, his, in, in, in the godly wisdom. And what do you contemplate? How before God all is not. You recognize that all the worlds and everything that's in it is nothing in front of Hashem. And then a lower level. The Ihu Saivev. Hashem lowers himself down to encompass all the worlds. That's already lowering. Because to, to God's truth, all of creation, the physical and the spiritual, and no matter how many worlds there are, are zero. They have no significance at all because they're all created from one tiny little thought of his. One letter, not even a thought. And they're meaningless. He could have created a gazillion other worlds at, without, without any effort. So it's nothing. That's the beginning of the contemplation. The next level is, Hashem lowers himself down to take interest in the world, but his interest is all-inclusive. So he, in one sweep, he encompasses everything. Sovev kalal, he encompasses. Then, the next level is, Hashem lowers himself down even further to be mashgiach and to, to, to oversee every tiny little, smallest little thing that happens even the small little movements that are taking place in an ant colony. You ever saw an ant colony with a bunch of ants? And now they're all going this way. So Hashem is directing all that to the tiniest minutia of creation. That's called mamala kalalman, that God fills all of creation. And when one realizes, contemplates all this, after a while, you, you, you realize that, what, that, the, that, the, that it's much better to be connected to God than to pursue all the other shtus. All meaningless. So that you, you get your heart excited and detached. Hasaga zu elikis. So when this hasaga, when this idea, kishenitfeses believe, when the heart gets it, the heart can feel what the brain knows, the idea, as it truly is. It's still the trachea. It's still that connection of brain to heart. It, it draws down the moisture. Fine. That's okay. Here is where I was having a hard time. Okay? Till now it was all good. Now, Remember we said before that the kana also serves as sound. And, and remember we said in sound there's two, there's two. There's the outer sound which is going up and the inner sound 
excuse me, which is going down. So maybe, and the coil, the sounds on Hevelev, but here's already throwing in already when you're actually speaking and the sound over there. So these oisius of speech, that is from the 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 um, the halacha. So you now now that's when you're learning Torah and you're now learning, but you're speaking the words. So those words that you're already speaking is already the Torah as it came down in a more in oisius in words before it was concepts. Now, which is the lechem kamoshikasav, like it says, lechu lachmu. Belachmi, go fight for my bread. Shahachita huchav bezoisiyas, like we said earlier. Chita, it's 22 letters. Kidu as it is known. Vahakoil shaladibor. But that's the speech itself, that's the osios. And the, the voice of the speech, in this case, it's the sound that comes from excitement. Because when you're not excited, and you just, we said earlier, even if you're going to talk and you're not excited, then you talk very low. It's excitement, it's the fervor, it's the passion that makes you, make you, makes you speak loud, strong, the fire. The hakoil shel adibur, the coil of the dibur, who that's what bakes the bread, lachma shel Torah. So what he's trying to bring out over here is, he's explaining you, he, immediately he seems to be going to, what, to which one? After he discusses the kone, which is the sar hamashkin, he should have, it would seem like the next thing that he should speak about is the opposite. If he lays it out the same way he laid it out before, he should speak about the vridim, the, the artery, the blood artery, which would be passionate prayer. But since he's, I think since he's already talking about Torah study, he's discussing a second element of Torah study. And that is going back to Torah study, but when you're not just perceiving ideas, but you're actually speaking Torah. Here you have a combination of the two forces that we spoke about earlier. What's the combination of the two forces? In the esophagus, remember we said, you're taking bread, and what's bread? Bread, he said, it comes from Chachmah. That's why children don't know how to call the parents until they say Abba, until they eat grain. So that's Chachmah. But it turns into blood, which is, which is the Gevura. Or you bake it in an oven. You, you apply the fire to the bread. And then you turn it into bread. You, you, apply, you apply the fire to the dough, which comes from the wheat. You blend the gevura and the chesed, chachmaz, and that's how you have the, the bread. So in this case, it's the second stage. Not just, not just um, um, conceptual Torah study, but, but actually studying Torah in words, so now the, the subject matter of what you're learning is again ch- coming from Chachmah. But your passion and what you're learning, and that's the coil. Because, it, because the passion is what creates you. See, like I'm speaking loud now because I'm passionate. right? That, that, that coil, that voice, that, that, that energy, that, that's emotion. That's, that's emotional energy. That's why my daughters always say to me, my, my intellectual daughters, they say to me, Ty, you're not an intellectual, you're an emotional. I'm like to say, I'm learning Hasidus, Chabad. They say, even when you learn Chabad, it's Polish. My, my kids accuse me of that. Like, it's not pure Chabad. It's like the passionate. It's a good, it's a hybrid. It's good, it's good to have a little hybrid. In any case, 
<laughs> the passion, passion creates voice. So when you p- apply the coil to the letters, you bake the letters. Because if not, they're unbaked. If you just have, that's why if you have someone who's teaching and they're not passionate, it's unbaked. It's unbaked. It doesn't. It's not warm and it's not delicious, right? It has to be warmed up. It's like getting a nice, good. The guy is over here from from the from the bakery, so he makes me happy. It, you know, it's like getting a good warm cinnamon bun. You know, when it's hot stuff. So you have to get it hot. The heat is the. Oh, there you go. It's milachik again. The coil. The coil. The sound applied to the bread to the wheat. That's you have the combination of chesed and gevura together, right? is what bakes the bread. the bread of Torah. It's included chesed and gevura. from the kone. Now the interesting thing is, I would it would make sense. The word that I would that I would substitute over here is mehakone vahavridim. Why? In other words, it includes from both sides. The gevura is the is the is the is, the, is not the veshet is the veridin that's going up. The kana is the down. The veshet has both. Here he says, this is what's throwing me off. He says kana and veshet saramashkim besaratabochim. But earlier he explained that saramashkim is the kana, saratabochim is not the veshet. Saraoifim is the veshet. Is the esophagus. Sarha, saramashkim is, saratabachim is the veridim. So this is where, this one word that throws me off, and I didn't see a tikkun on it. Or else, if, if, if I was felt free to make a tikkun over here, I would say that this word is supposed to be mahakane vavridim, saramashkim saratabach. Now, I can probably verify if I'm right or not. How can I verify this? It says that the same piece over here is quoted in another mimer of the Rebbe Marash, B'shinuyim Kalim, with some changes. Mimer Mayim Rabim. But I don't have the mimer Mayim Rabim over here, so I couldn't look it up to see. I wanted to verify. Because if in that mimer, the shinuyim that there are might change this, I found that a lot of times. That you look in another mimer when it's quoted again, and there's a little change, and then it takes away all the kashas that you have. I saw an interesting thing. The, the Friediger Rebbe once gave out a mimer. And Rebbe Avram Paris somehow was the one who copied it over, did something. And in the process of the copying, he put a completely wrong um, word or line at the time. I don't know what it was. And the Hasidim were racking their brain to try to figure out what's going on. They couldn't figure out the Hemshech. Something was wrong. And then later they found out that it was a mistake that Avram Paris did. When the Friediger Rebbe, when they told the Friediger Rebbe about it, the Friediger Rebbe said, no, on, a mis- on a mistake from Avram Paris, it's, it's worth it to Zechmaterin, to, 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 to toil. <laughs> Again, I. I, I it's it's hard for me to make a, an edit over here, but it's 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 it, it almost it say since it it's the Sarah Oifa, it's the baker 
who is includes within himself chesed and gevura. What are the chesed and the gevura? The kone and the vridim, which are, and he proves it even more because he says sarah mashkim, which he just defined earlier as the kone that I got. Vesar hatabochim, which is the vridim. So I don't know. Now, because the fire that there is in Davani. But now, but who's the Saratabach? But what creates that coil? What creates the coil? No, the coil initially created by Moyach, but coil is also. As he said earlier, it's from the Hevel Alev. It's from the emotion. And suddenly he's, going, he, he's, he's bringing us to his Slavos Betfila, which is the Veridim. Kine Yislavos Betfila, the fire that there is in Tfila, Mitzad Bina, Liba, which is coming from the Bina, which is the heart. Zeu Knei Bina, which is the Knei Bina, Shehiya Veridim. As we said earlier, which is the Veridim, Kineskliya. The hevel akoil min alev, and the hevel akoil that comes from the heart, kolul mishneim, from the kenei chachma and the kenei bina, together, together, create that coil. V'husara oifim, and that's the, the minister of, 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 the, of the baker minister. Hinei mitzada aslavus shihi b'chinas halos man. So from the fire that you have during davening, yovay toisfiz chizuk l'moichin, Intensifies that intensifies the brain. Because here's the thing: in order for the mind to be able to conceive new ideas, and to, the mind needs to warm up. It needs that passion. So that's what it means that the heart intensifies the mind. which is the So will be in the godly holiness. Inyan Gimel Sarem Elu, these three. Saramashkim Hainu Inyan Oiraisa. The idea of the Saramashkin is the Torah, the Machachmi Allah Nafkis, which emerges from the supernal Chachm. Fuubchinasam Shachasachasadim, which is a flow of Chesed, the Ramach Mitzvah What he's saying is, till now we spoke in the soul, now he's speaking in the greater divine structure. The flow of God's wisdom downward is called Saramashkim, it's the Torah. Why is, it called, why is it called mashkin? Because it's like the nature of water. Comes from a high place to a low place. The fact that we study Torah and it's abs- it's infinitely, it's, 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 it's God's wisdom and yet we're able to learn it. Hashem brought His Torah down in a way that it applies to physical things that our human minds can apprehend it. So what is that? That's because it's like water. It flows from a high place to a low place. Mitzvahs are also that. It's God's will being his infinite, unfathomable will being expressed in what we might think small little actions that we do down here. In this little miniature world. The fact that the supernal chachma comes down. The erech. The erech anpin. Why is chachmi Allah? Meaning, I guess he means chachmi Allah when it's still in keser. 
that it should come down from it chachmas of Torah beramach mitzvah sasei in two hundred and forty eight positive commandments. Shemchinas hamshachas elukis. This is all drawing God down. Momayla lamata from up down. Good. Vahaviridim and the arteries. And shasaloi sasei. These are the three sixty five prohibitions. Shehein meniyas hashefa lechitzaynim. What do they do? Is the arteries? What do blood vessels do? They keep the blood from protected and that no bacteria can get to them it's a safe it's a safety corridor for the blood to flow the blood is life what is an infection an infection happens when germs and 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 um, other 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 bacteria not good stuff somehow get to the bloodstream and if you get a cut or something and they start making a party over there they're living off it so they're creating their whatever. It's damaging to the person. So the, the arteries are to keep the blood safe. So the klipa, if we, God forbid, if a person eats non-kosher, parts of the animal that you're not allowed or the fat that we're not allowed to eat. Vidam, or blood, that would allow the klipa, the forces of unholiness, access to godly energy. When a person does a sin, they're opening up a flow towards the unholy. So by avoiding sin and observing it, we're, we're, we're keeping the blood where it's supposed to. We could do it. These are the 365 arteries. They're really emanating from the bina element of erechanpe. The positive commandments come from chesed. And they come from gevura. And if you think about it, every time you're not doing an avera, it's an act of gevura. You're, you're contracting. A mitzvah is asking you to expand, to invest, to express yourself in a holy manner. Avera, a, 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 a prohibitive commandment, is asking you to contract from something. To withdraw so that's why it's, it's, it's pulling away the energy from where it shouldn't go. Sarah Oifim and the baker, Haina Oisius Chachma Datsilas. The baker is the letters of Chachma of Atsilas. That means that Chachma of Atsilas is not just pure Chachma, abstract ideas, but comes down into words that we said before. Hanikra Lechem, that's called bread. Manifesting in Malchus and the Abishter speech, and then they get baked. And when we do these pu'ulois, what are these three actions? We're fired up in prayer. Or, that's, that's the gvura. Or, refraining from doing bad stuff is part of that experience. Because it's 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 gavura energy, it's contraction, and we're learning Torah primarily what and two hundred forty-eight commandments, which are an extension of Torah study. And in addition to that, we say a lot of holy words, dibor speech of Torah, especially if it's said with a little fire in it, so it's baked as well. So what do we have? We have holy channels for the energy to flow. In, in the front and there's no reason for it 
it has no reason and no 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 uh, abil- or, or rather it, it ends it stops it curbs the flow into the three negative paro pharaoh's ministers that are coming from the backside. Through the Saramashkim of holiness, we draw down the Moach of Chesed. And through the Tabachim, we raise feminine waters. It causes like the to pull away. It's pulling away from the Klippa, and so forth. It's also a, a returning light from up down to strengthen the brain. And more than that, it's when this energy goes up, it strengthens the brain to be able to channel more, to conceive more. Again, it's, it's a little hard to figure this out. It's the main chayas comes from gevura davka through the baking nasa kolzad this does it all because the mediator again we could avoid all this trouble by learning the mimer over here because he doesn't even go through this he's just very simple three channels and that's the way it happens and zau but you get the gist of it. Exalting God is in their throats. What does that mean? Begarin, where is the place of these three pipes? They're all in the throat. Hemakone, the trachea, v'aveshet, and the esophagus, v'avridin. Gimel, sarim, the kedusha, now they're all in the throat. Exalting God. means you want to get the... the ex- Hashem, as Hashem is in a state of exaltedness above, that He should direct His roimimus his and His pnimius of interest down into the goron, into the, into the throat. The two moichen of chachma and bina that we said before, of erachampen, that's the source of the chachma, of the positive commandments and the prohibitive commandments. Hanikra. Kale, which they are called kale. He doesn't give an explanation over here why the tre moichen of Abba and Ima are called kale. And I think I remember seeing once something about that, but let's let's leave that. Through the two. Here's the thing. Erech Anpin, Keser. In order to understand the next few lines. For Hashem to get engaged with the world, in a sense, if we don't work hard, the natural default state is the klipa way. The reason why the natural default way is the klipa way, because if we would appreciate how utterly insignificant, tiny, and small we all are, and compared to God's vastness and ain't so, it would make perfect sense that the Abishta, for whatever reason, decided to create it, creates it, but kind of, you know because of his infinite graceness, leaves everything in this transcendental state. And there isn't really much engagement. In order to get God to, 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 to channel into holy and into right places, it requires what we said before, Hashem to be engaged and be involved. And that requires an incredible tzimtzum. Let me explain that. 
It says that's from Keser, which is Ein Sof, for the energy to come from Keser to Chachma and Bina, it comes through what's in Kabbalah, it's called two mazolois. One mazol is the mazol that channels Keser to Chachma. The other mazol channels Keser to Bina. What are these mazolois? We know that there are the 13 attributes of mercy. And one of them is Noitzer Chesed Lahalafim, Noitzer. Noitzer is channel number 8. And Venake is channel number 13. Now these two words, Noitzer and Venake. So Noitzer is the channel from Keser to Chachma. And the channel from Keser to Bina is Venake. Now watch this. The word noitzer, if you rearrange the letters, you get the word sinor. Sinor means a what? A, a pipe, a channel. Now, it says that these two mazolis are considered two hair, hair strands. Imagine if you had to take your entire self, everything about you, and your entire persona, and your entire interest and everything, and channel it through your hair. Not all your hair, one hair. Because we all understand and appreciate that how much energy of ourselves lie in one hair. Your hair is plugged into your brain. It's obviously, and your hair is alive. Because if it wouldn't be alive, it wouldn't grow. The hair is alive. But it's so minute that if you cut it, or if it falls out, you don't feel it. You take a shower and you get lose like a bunch of hair. That's when you get to my age. Right? So, but what happens with your hair? When it, when it, you don't even know. It's not like you know, oh, like, oh, wow, 36 hair just fell out. Or 12. Or one, or two. You don't even know. Because it's what? It's so insignificant. The entire Hishtal Shalot, the entire world, Torah, Mitzvahs, and all this whole system of creation, compared to the ain't self, is insignificant. So for him to channel into it is to be powerful contraction. Through a hair. Chachma receives from one hair, Bina from the other hair. And that's why we know it takes it takes work to make God be be invested. Without that, he floats up. And when he floats up, they have access. The unholy has tremendous access. Because then most of the energy flows naturally to the back, not to the front. So that they are in the goroin, they are in the throat of Erechampin. Just like through the kana is mamshach the lachus. Cain, bemazel v'noitzer. In the mazel noitzer, who p'chinas kanei chachma. Noitzer is the kana for chachma. That is in kale when God is in an exalted state, still in keser. To the Chachma of the Adam Kadmon. That's the job of Yosef going down. And where is he going down? He's going down Mitzrayimah. What's Mitzrayim? Contracted. The fact that Yosef was bringing the infinite light into Chachma and Bina means he's bringing it down into what? Into these two narrow 
strands, Neutzer and Nake. So therefore, Yosef is coming down Mitzrayim. This is a positive Mitzrayim. We want him to bring it down into Mitzrayim. Because if not, Pirish Yosef Ubchinas Yesod Da'ak, Yesod of Adam Kadman, Yorad Ad Bchinas Gorin goes on out. The Erech Anpin the Klipa goes down to the Erech Anpin of the unholy, who Pare Oirefaelian, that's the backside. Then Gimel Sare Pare Sara Mashkin, and there they have the three ministers of Pare. Achkishinis Allah, when he was elevated, Birar, he purified Vachotach, and he cut down Yenikas Gimel Sare Pare. He cut down the Yenika of the three ministers of Pare, Mina Oiref on the neck. Lebilti Yucha Limshech Shefa Lo Oiref Oid. They shouldn't be able to take any more Shefa to the back, to their neck. Because he drew it down to the three ministers of holiness. And through this, he had these two swords, to cut down the yanika of the three ministers of Pari, to do a bitter in the backside of Erechanpin, the two hays of Chesed and Gevura, positive commandments, prohibitive observance. Pidish ki aloi mavua lamayla the beis devarim hoya. There were two things. Hoya. Here's where the Rebbe makes a correction. The beis devarim. You skip the aleph. Beis devarim hoya biyetziyah min ametzar. Two things happen when you go out from Mitzrayim from the Metzar. Here's where you put in the aleph. Aleph b'achzaras hashefa shekiblu kvar. Number one, you have to take out the shefa. The flow that they've already received, the habeis, and the second thing that is necessary, you want to intensify the flow to the front. Yair Hashem Panov, that Hashem should should give his pnimius a lecha. That's the that's the blessing of the Kohanim. God should every day we need this blessing. In the morning, we say one of the first things we say in the morning, because in the morning, right when we wake up, we want to direct the flow from God to be involved in Pneumius. But that requires that we should too be involved in Pneumius, and we too shouldn't get caught up with the Chitzonius stuff. First is the higher Hey, the Shesal Loisa say of the five, of the six, 365 prohibitive, Mafrid Mashekvar Kiblo. Separating that which they've already received, to remove as we said earlier, one of the things that they that the chut that they have is if you don't allow them to download, they go up to the top and they want to take from without a download. They want to go take from its from its transcendental source, and that happens when they're full of ego. And how do you diminish that by by deflating their ego? And how do you deflate their ego? By deflating your own ego. And how do you deflate your own ego? By not giving in to the temptations and desires of the animal soul, which is what the meaning of all prohibitive commandments are. Telling yourself you're not so important that you need to have every taiva that you want. And even if you don't want it, if, if, even if you want it, you're not getting it. Why? Because the Abishta says no. So that's, 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 a, that's a slap down. And it's okay. Because um, they want to stand in the, in the neck of holiness, to receive. And that's mainly the veridim. It's the keeping the blood safe. And the second mouth of the sword, the second blade, is of chesed. To add an incredible increase of holiness through positive commandments. 
yispardu. So automatically they're going to be scattered. Kehimas doineg like 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 wax melts mitmeish for the fire of holiness. We need both. Through positive commandments on its own. Even if we're drawing down energy down here, so it's not flowing down their passageways, their channels, but they still can receive through their chutzpah. It's their gaiva, keser, the keser, the klipa. It's their keser, it's their rising upward. The zel inyan, that's why we need to have the loitza says to shut them down at the top. It is enough to those who understand. And all of this Yosef did when he went down to Egypt. He, 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 he purified the evil, which means he took out the good that's in the evil. And he made a preparation to the intensification of the three ministers of holiness, in the 248 positive commandments, 365 prohibitions, and for future generations, in every divine spark, the altar Rebbe gives us empowerment, he says every single one of us can do this work of Yosef, through Torah and mitzvahs, in turning away from bad and doing good. Isn't that amazing how every mimer comes back to just a simple thing? Do good and don't do bad. For that I had to learn all of this. And what we learn, and then, and then every time it's the same thing. Do good and don't do bad. Not to go after the ra meaning. Don't let, it's interesting, hear, hear the chesed, don't flow, meaning don't emanate your energy, your chesed, your kindness, which means your energy, your, 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 um, your, your um, no, it is attraction, your power of attraction, or don't allow, no, that's attraction, is you're attracting. But your, your flow, v'hanatayvus, sar hamashkin, the klipa, don't flow in the flow of klipa, which means cause their flow. And to go away from the main primary evil, the Hugasis Aruach, that's the arrogance, which is the Dilemave. And then what does Yaakov say? That I have taken, I took it from the Amorites, with my sword. So he's going to designate from all three of them. We're talking about serious stuff, you know, going after being driven after um, that which we shouldn't be involved with. Allowing our energy into negative things. And arrogance. But the worst of all three things is the wasteful words and letters of thoughts and speech that are just... And and you realize that's our biggest challenge. Because that's what what the Klippa gets us more than anything else. Bombarding us with words, with unholy words. And that's Amoiri, that's the Sarah Oifem. Because you know why that's the dangerous one? Because he has both, Chesed and Gevurah together. He neklipas Amoiri, who mepchina Sarah Oifem the Klipa. He's the Sarah Oifem of Klipa. Shuadibur ba'oisiyoiz va'amira ba'leiv. It's two things. It's, it's speech in speaking, but not only speaking in words, it's also thinking in the heart. 
Ubemoyach hu osius machshava. And in the moach, it's the osius of thought. Matamu, if he sheikar hashvira desayin malachim, the reason why the klipa is so strong in this area is because the main shattering of the vessels of the seven kings was in the malchus of each level. And malchus is oisiyos. It was mainly in the world of speech in letters. Shehena kelim, which are the vessels. Because the lights didn't break. The energies didn't break. It's the kelim. And kelim are oisiyos. When you want to give a mashal for Shvira Sakalim, Chasidah says, it's like, what's the understand the idea that the God's vessels broke? What's that? It's like you take, if, if, if you have any book, oh, not just a book, it's easier to do it on, 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 on um, it's easier to do it with, not with printed words, but words that are on the computer. What are they called? With the digital letters. With digital letters, that's if I send you a paragraph. You can read the paragraph and you have a concept. If I take that very same paragraph, all those letters, and then I just scrap, I, I like, I, I take the letters and I scatter them. And each thing is a different letter on each. So then you lost the whole concept. The, the energy went away and all you're left with is just letters that are meaningless. Even though these are the very same letters that when, when they were put together in the right order, they facilitated a concept, an idea. So the Shvira Sakelim that happened before when God created the world, it speaks about in Kabbalah, it speaks about that there was this mysterious spiritual collapse. It means that the energy went away, the letters got scattered. So what do you see from here? That the main shattering and the main darkness in the world it's from words and letters that are not that are not hosting something positive and godly. Obviously, if you have these floating letters, they're going to get together and, and get and get married with the, long, the wrong letters and cre- join together this and create negative negative um, ideas, stories, and whatever they are. These are all these letters that are. The main klipa is the letters of Amoiri. And that's why the sages say, Simen Lishtus, the Simen for stupidity. You want to have a sign for stupidity? Milin, words. Basically, stupid people talk a lot. That's what it means. Um, where there's more, in, in wisdom, there's more, there's less sweet. If you speak, Words are few. A lot of words. But when you increase the thoughts of holiness, when you, when you, when you create holy sentences of dibur machshava and halacha, that's called bread. Which is called bread. That's called, let me say it. Rabbi's Machshavos Belevish, that's all the constant thoughts. And Atzas Hashem, he talk. Atzas Hashem is what? The Tifar Machshavos Adam. What's Atzas Hashem? Council of God is Torah. That's what Council of God is. And I think this Klippa intensified in the last years much more than ever before. Because it used to be when you went to work, or no matter what you did, you were, you were occupied in a certain action. 
So yeah, had some company, had some people, so you would talk. I'm not saying you didn't, but but now it became a situation that the barrage of words are non-stop because that's what this phone does. Like this, a person was walking on the street. You went on a walk. You went on a hike. You went somewhere. You 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 were, you, you were freed from this. You didn't have the. Now it's a non-stop infiltration of letters constantly, and that's the emirate. And when we feed into this, OCLs, when we support it, and how do you support it? By allowing it, by allowing these words to flow in your mind. And it basically, here he doesn't say it so strong. Let me read it to you from the mimer over here. Very, very strong. He says over here, mm-hmm, hold on. This is what confuses people with foreign thoughts, the Irurim Rayim and negative negative um, thinking, negative thoughts. The Yosef Shuhu Meshem Mashu Atikuni was fixing the Amoiri. Okay. And this is what it says, Rabbi's Machshavis, Kashem Hefer Atsas Goyim, who Amoiri. The Atsas Goyim, this is the Amoiri Shemeshvir Sakelem. Vatsas Hashem Hitakum. Okay, hold on. Where is it over here? Ki al yedeha moirim shema machshav through this negative thinking. We don't have positive thoughts. V'dvarim betelim an excessive speech that has no nothing to it. Yoinkem hachitzonim. The all the powers of the unholy derive their energy from our negative thoughts. So we think like there's evil in the world. Ah, like. Who's making them? It's creative. The Yisrael heimam goyim Maybe that's why it doesn't say it in this mimer. It says the Jewish people are the ones who cause it. Why? Because as a Jew, you're directing the cosmic energy because your soul comes from there. It basically means wherever you put your interest, it means God is putting his interest where you're putting your interest because you and God are one. See the depth of that? Where you're putting your interest, that's where Abishter's interest is. When a Jew lowers himself down into negative taiva, it's a real hashpala. He didn't come from thought. He's involved with his physical taiva. Without das. It's a big shiftless. Yaakov is a rope. Every neshama, the Alter Rebbe says, is like a rope. When you pull one end of the rope and someone is connected to the other end of the rope, a Jew needs to know that he is a rope and the other end of the rope is God. And whichever way he pulls that rope, that's where God goes. They're bound up. They cause... God forbid, they cause God that God lowers himself to enliven the Chitzayinim. <laughs> and you say, hey, Bishter, why would you give life to them? So God is not acting too smartly. He says, well, well the Jew didn't act too intelligently, so he's pulling God at also doing something that is not too smart. Shehudin Torah. 
What's smart? Wisdom is according to the Torah. According to the Torah, they shouldn't get. Amoiri, I've taken it from the Amoiri, Becharbi with my sword. Shal Yedei Cherev shall base Pephias. But what's the sword? The sword is our ability to cut down in these two areas. Positive commandments, prohibitive commandments, two Hays. Choytchem Esachitzonim. We cut down the Chitzonim. Shaloy Yinku, they should be able to have a Yenika. Keneskeliyam. And this is the idea. So now, the Alkane Ikara Klipak, okay, here. Kishema, Katsasa Shem, who talk in the Tefra Machshavis Amim, Kishema Mavar, the Hainu Bachachma Dairaisa, Kibachachma Shebedibur, Tafke is Beriru. When we do Chachma, when we speak Halacha, so it's so appropriate to learn this on the Rambam's yard side. It's Chachma coming down in speech in Halacha. Lifsoik pedibur to give a psak halacha in speech. Zek kosher v'zek pasul. This is kosher. This is pasul. So we're directing what God is going to support and what He's not. Basically, every Jew has God's checkbook and He writes checks. So you know, Purim is a fellow over here, a very wealthy man. His name is the the Rechnitz, the Rechnitz brothers. Shlomo Yehuda Rechnitz. Okay, so he's a massive baltzdaka. He gives so much tzedakah. So Shpurim by night is like crazy what goes on there. Thousands, hundreds of people are lying the streets. And they're writing checks over there like crazy. So it used to be that he used to you know, give these checks. Now he has his son. He's not even there. His son, his son-in-laws, and his, he has more than one son-in-law. They sit there with checkbooks. And they're writing. It's like, it's like, it's like, and they're writing on serious money. You know, people can get. Whether you're getting a hundred, you're getting five hundred, you're getting a thousand, you're getting seven thousand, you're getting ten thousand. Checks are flying like crazy. I mean, obviously there's uh, there's a cheshbon that he's not giving to anybody, whatever. But based on whatever, but you know, and they're saying they're writing the checks, and the Eibushter gives every single one of them us his checkbook. They write the check. So whatever you support, if you're if you if you if, if you're putting your mind into shtus, then you're supporting the shtus. You're causing a check to be written to those forces of shtus. Because you're supporting them. How did he take it? With his cherev and with his bow. Let's take a break for the cholent. Or for the... Whoever is, wants the... Uh, I'm making this announcement. So that all the people that, can't, that don't come over here physically, and they can only... So you can get all the spiritual stuff. But our other stuff you can't get. There's some really good stuff from It's a Mensch Bakery. But you have to be f- milichik. Or else if you're fleshik, you can have the chalent. We'll come back in a few minutes. Okay. Let's finish this quickly. Yeah, we'll finish it quickly, very quickly. No, this is the, the last part. He says, "My." So we we explained the sword, but we didn't explain yet the bow. The targumay and the targum is bitsloisi with my prayer, and with my petitions or deep requests. 
Ubakashasi hainu bakasha. The idea of bakashasi means ubakashti hainu bakasha. Bitsloisi ubabuusi. So tsloisa means prayer. Buusi means begging. Like begging. Like you beg. Tachanunim ke. Ubakashti hainu bakasha. Bakashti is like bakasha. Kamoyim toboyin boyi. Ubir inyan acherev. So the cherev we explained earlier already. Mavur lamayla. Be inyan acherev pefias beyadam. Bezahayim, the two hayes. Be inyan akeshes. What's the idea of the bow? Hine mavur bezoyar. It is explained in the zoyar. The ashkama mina klizayim. The many different types of weapons. Meroichma. Beroimcha, which is a spear, Bakashta, which is a keshes, a bow, Baavna de Kirta, which is a slingshot, a sling, Vyadua Inyana Teelas Bekeshes. What do you use a bow for? Why is it one of the instruments of war? What's the benefit? What, what's, what's the advantage you have? With a bow over, over a sword. Very simple. With a sword, you can only do close combat. With the bow, you can you can kill the enemy at a very great distance. Dafka, to cut down or to kill um, one that is the enemy that's very far from you. If someone is close, so then he's able to kill him with a sword. What's a, what's a chanis? It's a type of a, a spear, yeah? We call early he used spear, he used a romach. Same idea. Okay, yeah. But someone that's very far from him, he can't reach him with the sword. He will shoot arrows through the bow. This is a marshal. The Rebbe says an interesting thing. There are certain klipot, certain forces of darkness, which are very, very distant, which means a person is not conscious of them. Because when you pray, when you daven, and you watch out for the loisa, says, there are certain things you can be aware of. There are certain subtleties that are so removed, and they exist, and they hold a person in a dark place, but you're not even aware of them. And that means that they're makif, they're far. Now we find that when the Jewish people were conquering Eretz Yisrael, Hashem says, I'm going to send a certain kind of bee. And, I'm going to, and those bees are going to get rid of your enemies that are hiding from you. The ones that are open, you can beat them in battle. But I'm going to send these poisonous bees. Rashi says they would go and blind them. They would bite them and then blind them. Even those that are hidden from you. But it says an interesting thing. The Pasuk concludes, Ki Hashem alokecha, because God your God, Bekirbacha, He's amongst you. Keil Godel v'noira, He's a great and awesome God. Which means, that in order to be able to kill the hidden enemy, you need not just a God, but you need Him to be great and awesome. So what does that mean? In order to get rid of those that are hidden. Because God is great. Indian the idea is the yesh beis mine klipa. There's two types of klipa. Ha'echad masha adam margish benafsha. 
person has, a person can sense it. You have an impulse, you have a desire, you have wants, you have ugly things, you have rage, anger, animosity, uh, all these other things that you can identify within oneself. Arrogance. Um, these things. That person sends Vabez and the other one, person can never feel it because it's encompassing Venistar, it's hidden it's very concealed in the person. It says, Moshe Rabbeinu says to Hashem that I don't know what to do. No, no. Aaron says to Moshe that, that the Jewish people, that I'm sorry that they did the ego, you know the people, because he, he doesn't say they're bad. They are in bad. They are in bad. Which means they're surrounded with a certain klipa that encompasses them. It's not, it's not internalized. It's in nirgish. Now, for the close, the type of evil that you can sense, you can use the sword. Now, what does that mean? Through conscious serving of God, you kill it through learning Torah, davening. You weed out the bad within you. You can identify because you can notice what these are bad traits. You can know what are the things I should not allow them, you know, if they begin to creep up in me, I know I can, you know, cut them down. But the ra that is makif and is very hidden, the sword will not help. Because you can't reach the person with the sword. Because he's hidden and he's far. That's the reason why you have a bow and arrow. To throw arrows. To shoot an arrow. In order to apprehend or to reach even the ra that is distant, that is makif, to kill him. Those that are hiding. We need to understand. How is this power of the Keshes to be able to do that? You don't even know who the enemy is. You don't know where he is. Kol which you don't have in the sword. Indian, the idea is as follows. Well, let's take a look how a bow works. we see. The main reason why the, 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 the um, arrow is able to shoot at such a great distance, that it's able to go very far. Hayeter, I think. It's by pulling the, the, the string. And that string, you create that tension. And the more pressure you put on that string, what is it called, the string? It's called string? I don't think it has a fancier name. The, long, the more you pull back on that, so the more taut it becomes, tight. And, and, and then when you leave go, so that when it shoots, it, it goes back with in, incredible, incredible intensity because the, you, you created such, such a pressure, so when it came back, it went so it throws, it shoots the arrow in an enormous speed. And how do you pull it? You pull it towards yourself. So the guy's pulling it towards himself, and then he shoots it out. The more power you have, the stronger you're pulling with all your power, a love to yourself, the string, the farther it's going to throw, it's going to shoot to a very great distance. So we go on to the last little part, on the last page. 
And it's similar to the idea of a rebounding thing. If you take a stone and you want to throw it very strong, sometimes you throw it against a wall and it goes rebound. From there, you throw a ball against the wall, bang, and it shoots back very strong. According to how strong it went that way, the pressure of it knocks it the other way. This is a marshal for rebounding light. By pulling it lower, it's going to shoot to a very great distance. So who This is a marshal to kill the hidden ones. So he gives an example, an interesting thing. Something that is hidden will not be revealed and identified and exposed only when there's a lot of light. So. When you have a little flame, it reveals, it's dark, you open up a little candle, you can see 5 feet, 10 feet around the flame, 15 feet around the flame. If you create a Havdalah candle, which is more like a larger blaze, you can see at a greater distance. And if you make a fire, it's larger. It's a big, huge, blazing campfire. You can see it at a much greater distance. So first you can see it at a greater distance. But also, you can see things that you don't see with a little light. Little light, you miss things. The brighter the light is, you can see little things that you wouldn't have noticed before. Depending on how intense the light is. To the point that when the sunlight is coming through your window, you can see these tiny little flying things that fly that you can never even see. But you would see them because of the intense light, you can even see these little things. If you want to expose the subtlety of negative that we have in our subconscious, that we don't even notice, we don't even recognize that they're bad, but there are certain things that are just, they're feeding the klipa. There's a lot of klipa in us, but it's in the, in the background, and you don't even identify. A person can walk around and say, I'm a tzaddik, I'm pretty good, I, you know, uh, you know. I do everything right, but like the Mittler Rebbe was crying, or Rabbi Yechonem and Zakai, he was afraid that even though right before he passed away, that he doesn't know which way they're taking him, and Hasidus explains, consciously he knew he was clean, but he was afraid of the helm of Klippa, deep, 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 that maybe he didn't, he didn't purify that. They're very, very, very fine. need a great light. Because of a small light of holiness, they're going to hide. In order to hide, to find those Klippas that are hiding, God can make a huge light because He's huge. Meaning, because you're drawing down from God's, not from Hashem. You're drawing down Gadol V'noira, Hashem's Omadrega of Lakus that is so high and it creates such brightness that it's going to expose even the little clippers. In Hasidus it says an interesting thing. When we daven Shemayin Esrei, we say Slachlan. So the question is asked in Hasidus, why do you say Slachlan or Shemayin Esrei? When Ezra, you're standing in front of the king. When you, go to, when you go to a king, you want to clean yourself. You don't start cleaning yourself in front of the king. You clean yourself. So you say, 
before Haidu. And then, yeah. And the answer is, of course, you're supposed to do tshuva before davening. That's what the Atikan Chatzai and today's is Krishna Shalamita. And even before Einar Dimaspal, you're supposed to have a mikvah, a cleansing, a purification. But there's a lot of negativity that you don't even recognize in the beginning. So you don't know what to do tshuva. But once one purifies themselves higher and they come to a higher level of sensitivity and a deep connection and appreciation of who Hashem is and so on and so forth during davening in a deep place, then you start noticing certain things that you would have never even noticed as sin. You don't look at them as bad. You always, but now you realize that the way you treated this person was not, it was good, but it wasn't. Or the way you did so, the way you made the bracha was not. Right? So you can only do tshuva them only in that high sensitive state of Shemot Asr. So then you can say slach Which means you need a greater, higher consciousness to even expose these more subtle impurities that you wouldn't notice without, yes. Why didn't they what? Yeah, but those trying—it doesn't mean that for everybody it's a sin. It means that it, 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 uh, for a regular person, these things are because you have bigger things to deal with, and you deal with that. But once you, a lot of times there are certain behaviors that are okay according to halacha, but for someone on a higher stature, they shouldn't do it. It's like you say lefnim eshur asadin things like that. Right? These are not halach. Yeah. yeah. Like by Hasidim, it's like even, even permissible things are not okay. Unless it's used to serve God. So that's, a, that's a higher sensitivity. You don't expect that from everybody. For most people, you say it's good enough if you keep observance what you're supposed to. Like, you're going to start giving him... So there's madrego. So once a person reaches higher, then they're... It doesn't mean that it's not a klipa. It's a klipa, but it's like, you're not ready for that yet. But then, Pidish Oyer Gadol Ma'oid, a much greater light, Ma'odas HaKadusha, from the radiance of holiness, Hanikra Gadol Venoira, that's called Gadol Venoira. Oz Yoivdun, then it will be destroyed, Gamen Estaravimcha. Also those that are hidden from you. Can I use Galum in a Helen? Then it's peekaboo, you can catch them. They reveal. Vipneo Oyer HaGadol, the greater light will reveal them, Vidailamev. But how do you create that great light? How do you create that tremendous illuminance that you can detect even the small? From the Mehechen, Yeh the Kael Gadol. How do you bring down Kael Gadol? So here's the thing. It's not from your own godliness. You have to have God has to bestow that to you. Kael Gadol Venayra, from much higher levels. In other words, with your human light, even from your holiness of your own neshama that you can create, you can't, you can't root out these subtleties. You need a powerful illumination. To create a powerful illumination, you have to evoke God's mercy. Hashem's, Hashem has to have compassion on you. To shine His light, you can see the subtleties. How do you merit Hashem's compassion? To shine His light. It's when you feel really, really, really low yourself. It's the feeling low and, and unworthy and, 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 and deficient, a powerful sense of deficiency and lacking, which comes when a person realizes that in front of, comes from an appreciation of how great the Abish is, suddenly we feel utterly nothing, and in that deficiency, you beg. That's the idea of 
bebuusi bekat. That's similar to the keshes pulling in towards yourself. You're creating a big hole in yourself. It's like pulling that arrow. You're realizing how empty you are, how, how lacking you are. You kind of everybody has a certain self-image which you kind of you know I'm, I'm comfortable with myself. Suddenly you realize, man, this is horrible. What's with me? And when you realize that, that's that great emptiness, and that, and then you cry out from that emptiness. That brings that tremendous light. In a sense, we can say, earlier the cutting of the klipa comes through observance. This level of cutting of klipa comes through tshuva. It's higher than observance. And it brings a much higher light than Torah and mitzvahs. And it's only that light of, that, of, of tshuva that can illuminate these, these subtleties. And even tzaddikim need to do tshuva in this kind of thing. And that's the idea of the of Torah mitzvahs as a sword. But in order to have that bow to shoot and to kill those very, very, very subtle elements that we're not even aware of, for that we need to have uh, not just prayer, but Shmona Esrei, which is... Which one Esrei? Shmona Esrei is you're, you're, you're asking for things. Bakasha. And Bakasha means you feel deeply lacking. And in this sense, Shmona Esrei is not a time just you're asking, you know, give me chocolate cake and give me this and give me that. It's, it's Evishter, help me. I don't have, you know, I'm so deficient. I don't have any das. I don't have any this. I'm, I'm, I'm spiritually ill. I need refuah shalema. I don't have any spiritual parnasa. I'm dead. You know, I'm, not, I'm thinking about a higher Shmona Esrei. If this is that idea. Tremendous hachno means submission. And feeling and lowering oneself down to the to the strongest point. With a with a powerful bitterness. That means you're calling me from a deep low place. You say the more you pull it this way the higher it reaches that prayer, it evokes from a much higher place, with a much greater light, the Yud Gimel Midas HaRachamim, 13 attributes of mercy, the source of all the Makifs. Because all great mercy is only drawn through bitterness. When you feel bitter, Right? With a bitterness and a real, real powerful lowliness. I cut the klipas down. With my, with my sword, I took away the more, the pnimi klipa, the internal klipa. But with my bow, I, Yaakov says, I was able to shoot down, and Yosef has that power now, to be able to shoot down even the, even the makifim of the klipa. I've taken from the Amori all of his power. Which the sword doesn't have that power in his klipa. Like the Targum says, What does bakasha mean? When you're, it's begging. With a bitterness and a very strong sense of loneliness. It's the muscle of pulling that string which causes that rebounding light. 
So don't feel bad if you don't understand the mimer. Because the Alter Rebbe says it's enough only to those that are mevinim. And I, we're not, we're not such, we're not such mevinim. That he shot them down. Oh, it's funny because because by Yosef you see that he killed the Sarah Oifim that you see, but where do you see that he knocked the Makifim out? That's a good question. Where do you see, and in what aspect of Yosef do you see that he was able to destroy the Makifim of, of Mitzrayim? No, by Yaakov Avinu, it says, He says, I'm giving you. No, I'm giving you both. He says, to, When I fought against the, the Amorites, Yaakov says, I fought with my, with my sword and my bow. That's what he says in, in, in last week's parasha. But, but, but in actuality, where, where do you see it in Yosef that he was able to kill, you know, to launch, to launch long, long range missiles? That's what it is. It long range missiles. How do you do that? Now, what does it mean, precision guided missiles in, in Hasidus? You realize if. The Alter Rebbe was explaining all the stuff. Moshiach is going to explain to us all the new technology, what they mean. What are bunker busters? What are bomb? You know, all these things. We need to have, we need new Hasidus to update us on the, on the, on the, on today's, on today's, yes. But doesn't gunfire work also through a certain, like, like a, it's, it, essentially, it's 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 a sophisticated bow and arrow, uh, a bullet. No, it doesn't pull back. So what is it? The trigger. So, but there's, so there's so there's an automatic pullback. No, what is it? There has to, yeah, there's something that pulls back and knocks it, or else it wouldn't. So basically what the Avers are saying, it's easier to do tshuva today. You can just, one, two, three, you know, you don't need that pull back. And more power. <laughs>